Hey gang, before we get started on this week's episode, go check me out on the Friends of Zeus podcast. I am back on the show to do my top 10 favorite movie soundtracks of all time. Uh, we have a great time chatting on this podcast. It's it's light-hearted. There's no heavy political uh, talks going on here. It's just very fun and, and it's a good time. It's a good time. Make sure you go click on the link in the show notes and listen to the episode. Now it is Friends of Zeus podcast number 75. Go get, uh, go get some of that shit. Also, uh, make sure that you are clicking on the pre-save link in the show notes for our latest single coming out July 29th called Boobs, an Ode to Consent. It's a jaunty little synth wave tune that features my my buddy Jay Joseph on the guitar ripping a shreddy 80s style guitar solo and uh, of course uh, who could forget the main message here it's all about consent before you start grabbing boobies so go and make sure you pre-save and of course be on the lookout July 29th the song will be available everywhere boobs and ode to consent all right guys on with the show Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Michael Marcuso of the Austin, Texas band Steady Legend. Steady Legend has a new EP out called Say Hey. We also listened to Say Hey, the, the title track off of the, the, the EP. Uh, so stick around, make sure you're here towards the end of the show. We listen to that. It is a funk soul jammer. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Stick around. Uh, Michael and I talk about uh, the, the beginnings of the band. His his uh, his he, He's basically a one-man stop show. Like He takes care of, he manages the band. He'll He'll uh, he'll mix and master some of the songs. He takes care of all of it. It is his band. So uh, we get really in deep on his roles in the band and what he is capable of. And it, it's a fascinating conversation. I had such a good time chatting with him. And uh, Michael will be coming up here shortly. But first, go to rainamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E com and go check out her latest endeavors she is a podcaster now she has a podcast called the pretty people podcast which is pretty pretty awesome you should definitely go check it out uh, i feel like she has such a good command over the english english language which which obviously by the name of this podcast you can tell i do not have a good command over the english language she is very smooth with her delivery and with her questioning so go check it out you can go find that all on her on her website she has her latest ep out called the moon where one of the tracks was produced by yours truly and it's called put on your crown it's a reggae jam but it is a a, a, a hip-hop uh, hip hippity hop hip well, okay i'm not even i'm done with that but it's a great ep go check it out go support and of course reina is on twitch four days a week 
Mondays through Thursdays, 8 a.m. to around 11, 12 p.m. Uh, or 11 a.m., 12 p.m., not, you know, 11 p.m. She's not streaming from 8 in the morning till night. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. Moving on. Speaking of Twitch, We Speak English Good is on Twitch, so come on through. We're, we're, we're doing all kinds of stuff over there. You can come over. We, we You can uh, be part of the conversation. Sometimes you win prizes. Sometimes there's uh, games and 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 live performances and all that good shit and of course you'll be there for the taping of each podcast because that is fun on its own so come on over come hang out with us we're doing it over there twitch.tv slash we speak english good come be a part of the fun if you want to support the show monetarily go to our stream elements store we have uh we have hats we have t-shirts and i'll be expanding the t-shirts and hats and stuff as time goes on but if you are a twitch subscriber you get a certain percentage off of <sighs> there's the yawns the fucking yawns i'm, just, I'm like pavlov's dog over here um so go over to the store you support the show monetarily we're also going to keep up our threadless store if you'd want to just go there sometimes we have sales over there so go uh we speak english good.threadless.com and you can find the stream elements link in the show notes both of those links are in the show notes so go down there support the show buy some merch so show your support it's a good time you can also support the show by liking subscribing and reviewing our show you can like us on all the social medias we got the tiktoks and we got the the twitters and we got the youtubes and 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 the instagrams and and all the good stuff all the links are in the show notes you can also uh subscribe to us on apple itunes you can follow us on spotify or anywhere you get your podcast and you can also subscribe to us on youtube where you'll find all of our episodes the video versions plus the music news plus you know whatever else we're throwing up there our music videos for the for the music oh shit i gotta talk about that as well i forgot uh you can also go ahead and leave a review now this is very helpful this is a very free thing you can do and very easy you can leave us a five star rating on spotify or you can go on to our apple itunes uh thingy and and leave us a five star review and leave a a written review and we'll read it on air because that's okay you can write the show we speak english good at gmail.com we have a new single coming out y'all wseg is my music band i don't my i guess my music stage name i'm just I, it, it, we speak english good doesn't sound good <sighs> god damn it it doesn't sound good as a a musician's name so but wseg has like a mystery to it it almost sounds like a radio station or something i don't know in any case it's called boobs boobs it's out or it's not out yet it's coming out july 29th we have a pre-save link in the show notes so please go and pre-save it it's, it's boobs it's an ode to uh consent you know get consent before you start grabbing boobs everybody that's how it works you don't want to just go up to your your co-worker and, and just randomly start fondling boobies that's just that's how you end up in jail or fired or god knows what always ask permission and uh, this is our song dedicated to it it's kind of silly song it, it kind of goes in the line of hot boy summer but it comes out july 29th so come on through and uh, pre-save that shit it's in the show notes so go get that shit all right guys 
that is about it out of me we got some great guests coming down the line for the next couple weeks because i'll be going out to uh, seattle for grundy fest which is going to be apparently it's going to be on the front page of twitch so if you guys are interested of course make sure you're following reina reina uh, uh, twitch.tv slash random mystique uh, that's where we're holding the festival we're gonna have uh, glow stick willie jmo from glow stick willie liz vega dream on uh, aaron goldberg matt suarez sally quinn most of those people have been on the show so they're old friends we're gonna be streaming they're gonna be doing performances and hanging out and god knows what and maybe we'll get some podcasts out of it as well so who knows who knows what will come of this but all I know is that it's going to be a fantastic time and we're going to be partying and hanging out and, uh, and, and it's going to be fun. So if you want to be part of the live stream, it's going down on August 6th. What, what time is it going down right now? 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific Standard Time. So if you're interested in that, go check that out. So there will be, uh, I, I'm sending all that up just to tell you about Grundy Fest, but I'm also telling you that uh, we're going to be spacing out our guests for the next couple weeks because I, I need content to fill that time that I'm going to be gone. So we're going to have music news on Wednesdays, and then we're going to have our guests on Friday. So this is our Friday release. I hope you enjoyed the Wednesday release. We talked about Ricky Martin and Bette Midler and, and Macy Gray with their with them thinking out loud with their thoughts and opinions how dare they uh a good just to follow up that ricky martin stuff uh the the nephew has withdrawn all claims and accusations and and uh, all that stuff so it does seem like the kid was uh mentally ha has poor mental health and was trying to juice ricky martin but who knows but after we were looking at the evidence on Wednesday, or I'm sorry, on Monday, we did the show, the stream on Monday, but Wednesday we released the podcast. After looking over the evidence, it did seem like that was the direction this was going. So good for Ricky Martin. I'm, I'm very glad that he at least is, uh, you know, that, that things are withdrawn. But it does suck when these things happen and it tarnishes people's names. Ricky Martin is a beloved gay man you know like he's always he's never had any real scandals i mean if he's doing drugs i mean that's normal that's normal gay dude stuff normal gay latino stuff is like blowing lines fucking dudes living la vida loca i i'm not hating on that lifestyle you do you boo you do you uh, but there's been no real major scandals, so it, it was very interesting that his manager is trying to sue him, his nephew is coming for him, all are surrounding his release of his new album that's coming out soon. And another thing that really rang to me was that he was going forward with releasing his album. He was gonna be playing the Hollywood Bowl. There was no, there was no question on him moving forward so to me that is not the behavior of a guilty person a guilty person would hide away cancel everything make you know just try their hardest to act like they didn't do nothing and uh, and ricky didn't do that he he just he, he made a blanket statement on his social media and he moved forward he was like fuck you i'm doing me so uh, th he seemed pretty confident in his uh in his response to the allegations and and uh that 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 speaks volumes honestly but uh so good on ricky martin congratulations we'll be doing a piece on that probably this monday on the twitch stream and then releasing it on um 
on uh, on Wednesday for our music news. Just a follow up because I think that's important. Uh, the man's name needs to be cleared, and hopefully people can just move past this. Which I, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Ricky Martin is a global superstar, so yeah, people love Ricky Martin. He's been loved for a long time, especially in the Latino community. So. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to be okay, but uh, much love to Ricky Martin and very uh, good news coming down the, the line with that. Okay, rambling over, let's jump over to Michael from Steady Legend, a band out of Austin, Texas. You can find their new EP, it's out now, called Say Hey. You can find uh, a link to their website in the show notes, but you can go to steadylegend.com and and they'll give you all the information you need for their upcoming shows and releases and all that good stuff. So, all right, guys, put your hands together for Michael of Steady Legend. How you how you doing today, man? How you feeling? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just got some work done. Now working from home today. So, oh yeah. So thank you for thank you for having me on today. Oh no worries. It's my pleasure. What what kind of work are you doing? I work in audiovisual. Oh uh, yeah. Software company. So you know, I'm an audio engineer, and I also work during the day doing the same thing. <laughs> do, <laughs> do you do you enjoy that, or is it something that kind of gets monotonous for you? Man. I like making a good salary working with some cool toys that I like playing with. That that's tight. So yeah, that works. <laughs> no, I, I, I you gotta love that. You gotta love being in a field that you actually enjoy doing. It's like uh it's one of the, the, the fun things of life when you when you can actually bring your your hobbies and your love of, of passions all into one sort of place and you're getting paid for it. Yes, sir, you know, I got a TV mounted in every single room in my house pretty much. And when you work in AV, you learn how to mount a TV and run cable pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you're working, you're, I, you know, you don't have to tell me the company, but you're working w- with what kind of company again? I, I, I can tell you, I work for Q2 Software. We're the company that named uh, the, the soccer stadium in Austin. Oh, okay. And, uh, I do, I do like, you know, in-office AV support. So I manage conference rooms and the, the phone system, IT work, things like that. Nice, nice. Okay, so you're handy with the computers and such. I, I guess so. They paid <laughs> me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you went to school for? Did you go to college for that? or? I went, to, I went to school for audio engineering. So I went to school to, you know, work in a recording studio, do live sound. And I, I learned a lot about, you know, sound and audio from that. And then uh, I made a very intentional move to get into audio visual because it was uh, a field that I could take my knowledge of, you know, being in the music industry, being in the audio industry and, you know, make a better salary than a musician makes. <laughs> well, that's for fucking sure, man. Uh, yeah, no, I was, uh, I was a mu- full-time musician until the pandemic came and it took my job. Oh, really? Yeah. So, it, 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 but, but, but I was also doing like recording and, and engineering and stuff like that. But a lot of shit changed. Were, were you working throughout the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. I was working from home. Uh, I did a whole phone system migration while I was working from home. So that was a, a fun project that I got to do. <laughs> Uh, you know, decommoning an on-prem phone system, you know, stuff from that was 
you know, 20, 30 years old. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that's, that sounds technology at least. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's crazy how fast technology moves and, uh, working with something like the phone system, 30 years old, seems like it could be a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, of pain in the ass, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't come on here to talk about my day job. Are you sure we could just talk about? We'll, no, we'll, we're going to talk. Listen, listen, Michael. We're going to talk about two two or whatever the fuck you said about your play. <laughs> That's the whole show, bro. This is, we're here to find right. out exactly what a no. Uh, the the sorry. Uh, the <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't mean to bring up your day job, but uh, it is no, fascinating okay. to me, and and you actually like it. So with your. Uh, I'll answer any question you want about my AV with your, job. <laughs> with, no, I, I don't care about your AV job, but it, it is nice that you enjoy it. That is nice. I, I do appreciate someone who enjoys what they do with their with their time. Um, but it's uh, so you went to school for audio engineering. Do you do you do the audio engineering? Do you like mix and master your guys' song, your albums and stuff, or or do you ship that off to like a mastering house? I've done it for the longest time. And honestly, just recently for this newest DP it was the first time I've had somebody else do our mixing for us. That was done by CJ Erickson. He's a producer who's worked with a lot of big name bands like Incubus, Smashbox 20. U2 was one of his big acts he's worked with. Oh, and it was, it was done because I felt really confident about the material. I've done most of our audio engineering throughout our history as a band. I've done all the mixing, done some of the mastering. Sometimes I get someone to do the mastering for us, but this was the first time that I kind of took it out of the box with myself and had somebody else do it. So it was a good experience. I mean, you can only squeeze so much creative juice out of yourself. And I write all the songs and I do all the engineering. Like I did all the recording for our uh, EP. We went to a friend of mine's studio and I pretty much engineered the, you know, the session myself while we were performing. And, you know, I came to a point where I'm like, I just don't have anything else to give these songs. So I got to get somebody else involved. <laughs> no, no I, I get that, man. Sometimes you got to like have a different set of ears to sort of take on that that whole thing. And it, oh. the time it takes to put into it and, and the energy. Shit, man. It takes a lot to mix, especially. And the, by the way, the new EP is out. Everybody called Say Hey. And I'm going to drop some links in the in the in the in the in the. In the in the chat here y'all so go and check it out exclamation point stl will bring up steady legends website and their new ep uh i, I made a little song whip for you guys so it made it easier but so like it, it, you can click give it a listen, give yeah, it a listen. yeah go ahead <laughs> give us some streams run those numbers up baby baby and if you're listening on the audio side make sure you go and click around in the show notes and get yourself some but because you guys have such a big expansive band you guys got a horn section you know keys guitar bassy drums you guys are doing backup vocals I, I, that's a that's a lot man that's a lot to manage in, in a session it's like once it gets that far and that big for me my my adhd kicks in and i'm just like this is my brain's going to melt uh wh where do you usually start on a project that that's that big I mean, are you talking about songwriting? You're talking about managing. I'm talking band, about. I'm like talking about. Job? No, no, no. I'm talking about managing a, uh, a like a session, like like mix section. Oh, session. Do a, oh, doing a mix session. Well, you know, when I mix a tune, I usually start by mixing the drums. Mm. I usually start with the kick drum because that's going to be driving throughout the song. I like to get that dialed in right away. Move to the snare, kind of get the kick and snare dialed in, get them EQ'd, get some reverb on them, make them sound real nice. And then I just start kind of building up the drum set from there, add in the overhead, start mixing the toms together. Just make it sound like it's in a nice room. You mm -hmm. know, a drum set kind of sets the room for the entire mix. So yeah. 
if the drums sound like they're in a nice room, the rest of the mix kind of ties in from that. If you're mixing live drums, you know, a lot of times people today, they just, they have a pre-mixed kick they've sampled and it just boom, 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 boom. You know, it sounds like a basketball hitting the floor. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it does, bro. <laughs> Uh, I actually know somebody who made a, a recording of somebody that's like an actual basketball hitting the ground and they use that as the as, kick drum. As the kick? That, that's not a bad idea. It, it's honestly not a bad idea. Did it sound good? Was it uh, good? Uh, I, could, I couldn't I could honestly tell. He was a skilled engineer. He uh. EQ'd it and like tuned it up and I was like, I, could, I would never be able to tell it wasn't a basketball. Oh, man, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right about that whole, if the drum mix isn't sounding great, then the rest of it kind of falls, like it, it sort of encompasses what the drums sound like. I was listening to an old uh, Jack Johnson song today, and it, it, I was listening to drums. And it, these fucking—it sounds like they—they—it sounds like they recorded the drums in a fucking in a basketball court, like in in a, yeah. in a high school gymnasium. It was just so ring. It just rang out like all the everything was just so fucking. Uh, boomy and like I, I was just like this fucking sucks. Like <laughs> he records himself. He has his own studio in Hawaii, as far as I know. I don't know mm -hmm. which record you were listening to, but as far as I know, he records a lot of this stuff himself. So that was a direct indictment on Jack Johnson. <laughs> well, fuck it. Well, well, tighten it up, Jack Johnson. Fuck, which he has, which over the over the course, I, I think it was the yeah. album with Bubble Toes on it. So it's an older, older uh, uh, album. And I think when that was recorded, those big sounding drums were kind of popular at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, in the yeah, 90s, sure. you know, like they had those really big boomy sounds. It's like, oh, fucking. Like, I mean, if he's DIYing it, you know, I actually have done some demos in like you know, my living room many times, as a lot of musicians have. And I was told by another friend of mine, he's like, I can hear the drywall in this recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the, it, it, it's a. Uh, it, I don't know, man. Like I've gotten used to a certain sound. Like I, I really like a tight drum set. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, sure. like like I even like. I mean, because Wolfpack, are you familiar with them? Wolfpack, oh yeah, for sure. I love them. Yeah, they're amazing. Joe, Joe Dart, Joe Dart's my homie. That guy can fucking rip a bass. Yeah, fucking incredible, incredible. And so the wait, is he your homie in real life or just like no, you like him I a lot? Yeah, place. okay, okay. I like him a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. A fan of the whole band. Like they're all just super talented. Uh, I, I mean, you look at like how they record their drum set and, and like how tight it sounds and just, yeah. and that's like super DIY as well. So it's like They're minimalist. Exactly. Like, I, yeah. I feel like they put like one overhead and a kick mic and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> For real. No, I, I got a friend who's in a band called, uh, the, uh, oh shit. They're like a friend. They're out of San Diego. Um, the soul. Are you out of San Diego? I was. I lived in San Diego for about 13 years. Now I'm back Hi. in the Midwest. I'm from Ohio, um, and I'm back in Ohio. But uh, yeah, I lived out in San Diego for a, a, a good amount of time, and I still got a lot of friends out there. Why, why can't I remember his name? Reno, what's Tim Felton's name? Uh, name of his band? In any case, he records all onto um, analog. Uh, tape. All tape. He has like all the yeah. old school... Um, the preamps and all that shit and then he dumps it into Prody and then edits yeah. from there but but you know it, it's sort of like following the the whole like um uh dap tones surefire soul ensemble thank you reina thank you very much yeah surefire soul, soul. ensemble uh, i'll write that down Oh, they're incredible. They're they're like surf, old school surf funk, and Love like it. you would probably like them considering what you guys play. Uh, you probably really like them. Uh, but the, he does the same shit, man. He just has one overhead, one kick, 
And it, it just sounds so fucking badass. It, it, I mean, a lot of that I know is like he he has a really good ear and he's able to sort of make that sound full. But and the kit sounds good. Yeah, I mean, that's another, I mean, you you can make good sound shitty, but you can't make shitty sound good. So if you're <laughs> recording a shit drum set with right. a shit drummer, it's not no, doesn't matter how many great preamps you've run it through. <laughs> right. right, absolutely, you're absolutely right, man. If the instruments like that. He always has like a 1975 Ludwig on hand. So it's like, it, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's just, he has like, he has all the shit, man. He has all the, all the gears. Uh, my wife recorded an album, uh, her first EP, like major, not major, but her first EP there. And uh, I mean, it just sounds incredible. I, I love that analog. So, uh, do you have any experience working in analog or is it all mostly yeah. digital? Yeah. Yeah. When I went to school, we had a, like a Tascam. I think it was TS-16 tape machine, a one-inch tape machine. Yeah, that's what he has. I love, I love the sound mm-hmm. of it. I, If you have a tight-ass band, if you have a band that can come in and play live and they don't need a lot of takes, they don't need a lot of editing, That it's a dope way to record a record. Oh, I yeah. personally don't work that way just because it's a lot of time. It's really difficult. It's ex- more expensive because tape's just not as available as it was in the 70s when you could just burn it up and yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, you got to cut to edit if you're going to edit in tape. Nobody edits in tape anymore. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, tape I learned and shit how to cut together. tape. I was, I was like, I was erasing that from my brain as soon as I was learning it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm never ever going to do this. <laughs> no, for real. Yeah, that it, it seems ridiculous to do that now. But you know, people, there's some purists out there who are just like, I got to do it like this, bro. And, They're probably uh, 80 years old too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, you, you do meet those cats though who are just like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, every it's better like analog better everything's better when you do it oh man believe me i grew up you know when i was in college with a bunch of audiophiles who love to just jerk off talking about how great the gear they have is and <laughs> i just i used to do that i'm like man, what a great preamp i got this great you know condenser mic i got this neumann u87 blah, blah 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 it's like i've come to the mindset that it really doesn't fucking matter what you record your record with as long as it sounds good enough no one's gonna listen to your record and be like whoa what microphone did you record your vocals on i've never been asked that question before right. you know michael jackson recorded his vocals on an sm57 which is a hundred dollar microphone yeah and nobody cares <laughs> yeah not not one person gives a shit no i mean like i would be that person who's like oh that fucking mic is tits but like it, yeah. but for the most person the average person who consumes music is not sitting right. there like oh my god what did they mic their kick my their kick drum with yeah. i gotta know it's not it, no one gives a shit but but i i think i think you're right i think who cares as long as a job can get done if it sounds yeah. good it sounds good and i'm like the type of person who's like I'll, I'll use software fucking uh, amps i don't give a shit yeah. i just I'm, I'm gonna get this i gotta get this shit done i just got over that hump of putting my guitar in di honestly i was for the longest time I would record my guitar through my amp and honestly still for distortion and rock guitar, I'm still like, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. I know I've like come up with a way to mic up my amp and do everything. And I'm like, I know exactly how I want to dial in my sound, but for clean tones and like doing reggae and stuff, Mm -hmm. like I've recorded a song last night for a, songwriting group i'm a part of where you get a prompt every week and you have to record a song um i I just did di guitar for that i'm like you know fuck i'm not gonna like bust my amp out i'm just gonna (laughs) do a rough little recording and like i actually think it sounds pretty good doing a di you can just add some you know an amp modeler like you said Mm. or 
put some little compression on it with a plug-in, you know, add some reverb. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man. No, no, for real. Yeah, like, because sometimes you really do just got to get the job done. And depending yeah. on what you're doing, like, if I'm just demoing something out, yeah, I'm not fucking micing anything. <laughs> I'm just, no. everything's directed. I got, because uh, when I'm working, uh, I have to get, like, I have to get everything out. Are you multi-instrumentalist? Are you someone who yeah. can play a lot of different instruments? Yeah, th same, same. So it's like, uh, yeah. if, if I'm just trying to get an idea out, and then I'm going to, like, give it over to a band or something to get, you know, right, they right. can flesh out the, the live side of it. But if I'm just getting ideas out, it just straight in i'm not worried about it and and sometimes those demos come out great and sometimes the yeah. demo become the actual final product but it's still yeah. it's like uh working quick learning your workflow i feel like is a very important part of you know production and and getting your you know just getting a song out or getting an idea out uh, do you have a yeah. do, do you have a a setup that's like all set up ready to go at any time yeah 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 <laughs> So I've got like a Mocho interface. I don't know. This is all blurry. Hang on. That's all right. Maybe I can turn off my background. But I got like a, a little rig right in front of me right mm -hmm. here. I got like a you know stock channel. I got a LA six ten. That's like my main channel. I track my bass through that. Vocals through that. I got a little mastering compressor. I got an EQ. I, I just got like the basics just right. to do like one really good channel or two really good channels. You know, I can right. record two like a stereo setup really well and i can mix through this and you know if i'm doing drum tracking i gotta go somewhere else but i can record pretty much everything else right here at my house yeah we, yeah. we, we did like a good chunk of the record the stale gp here at my house oh right on yeah it, and it sounds great man it, it really does it, it, it has a great big sound it's like it, as soon as i heard uh what, what's the song let me let me look at your track list i don't have it memorized here but I think it's uh I think it's say hey yeah it's say hey once that comes in I was like oh fuck yeah I was like <laughs> it, I mean it's just a huge uh a huge sound that's a Frankenstein track I, I could dive <laughs> into what a Frankenstein track that is <laughs> it, well it, I mean it hits though it definitely hits yeah and it slaps I, yeah it well and then I was playing a, a live version of it uh at the top of the show and we had a lot of people in chat who were just like oh shit so like that that uh, it, it definitely it definitely has an awesome sound. You guys got like a unique thing going on where you kind of got like a, a a conglomeration of different sounds that that yeah, all come sure. together and because uh, because there's like I mean you guys have like almost like a a whole reggae album, don't you? Like isn't yeah. It? <laughs> so we changed singer. So if you notice that the first album has a different singer on it that was kind of like she sounded like Gwen Stefani mm. so and I come from like a ska and reggae background I played a whole ska punk album when I was in college and I was in a ska band playing trombone in high school so like that was my like first you know live band experience was playing ska pretty much so when I met her I was like oh this is gonna be great you know yeah. so we recorded that album and you know then we kind of parted ways so we have a whole scott reggae album and i still love writing reggae i actually think that's the best type of song that i write i just know how to put a reggae tune together yeah um but no now our new singer annalisa she's got like a soul bluesy you know vibe and we're kind of like trying to steer into that but like i'm a rock guitar player i'm not like a you know the type of player that could have been you know the dap kings or played with you know men and street band like because I, I love that style but i i don't play like that yeah just you know I, I could play bass in a band like that i played bass in a soul funk band for a few years and if i changed instruments you know we could change the band around but i feel like that's not what steady legend is steady legend was me playing guitar and writing the songs and if i switch the bass you know it's a different band yeah. so you know getting in the multi-instrumentalist thing 
Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, that that, uh, that multi-instrumentalist thing, I feel like is uh, is pretty useful. And I, I don't know. Do you feel like uh, do you have an instrument that you are uh, you feel like most confident in? Or is it, oh yeah, it was, the bass. The bass. Yeah, I'm a I'm a kick-ass bass player. It, it pains <laughs> me like because I've had a lot of bass players come through the band, and I'm just like. <laughs> uh, don't play like that like and like i can learn i learn songs really fast like i'm a gun for a hire playing bass too i play mm. with a lot of like different bands it's like i get hired like a day before a show sometimes nice. and i'm like why is it taking you so long to learn my songs they're not that hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah how did you uh so you got a good ear like how did you what was your uh background in music did, what, did you start on bass like how how did you develop your ear I've been playing my whole life. I started taking piano lessons when I was about four. We had a, like an upright piano in our house and uh, I just started noodling around on it. And like my, I come from a musical family. Like uh, my mom's side of the family has a lot of musicians on that side. And uh, my uncle was a touring bass player for a bunch of blues artists. He's a blues bass player and he toured the world. And my bass is actually his bass. He gave me his uh, 74 Fender jazz bass when I was 17. And that was when I first, that was my first started playing, you know, real bass. Because before that, you know, I just played like my, I had a Squire, you know, electric guitar. <laughs> I didn't really know how to play it. Yeah. You know, it was like the hunt the $100 beginner set you get before yeah. your parents are like, I'm not buying you, you know, yeah. something that costs money. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. No, no. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough, too. Yeah. But yeah, I played bass. I was like, I still... I love playing bass. I wish I could play bass and play guitar in this band. It would be really awesome. I feel like the rhythm section would be really on point every show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only we could do that. I feel I you. Though. Myself. I myself. I've actually put thought into sampling myself playing all the bass lines, but like my drummer's like, I'm not going to do that. You're not putting me on a click for live shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That, that I, that's that. I mean, it's not the worst idea, you know. Like there's. There's plenty of people. I don't got to pay anybody. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and that's another thing, right? Like you guys got a big band. So going out and playing gigs that I I can imagine that, you know, by the end of the night, um, you know, when everybody's splitting up the splitting up pay that uh, that that gets rough. I guess that gets real rough. But I was in a well, I still am kind of, I guess Uh, I was in a reggae band out in San Diego. And, um, you know, for some shows, the minimum was like six or seven people. But then yeah. is it Morby? Welcome in. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, it, it, but but like if we were playing bigger shows, it was like ten motherfuckers up there, like horn sections yeah. and two percussionists. Yeah, you, you got a triangle player down stage. <laughs> you're like, where's my hundred bucks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the end of it, it's like everybody gets everybody gets pizza tonight, guys. That's all. That's yeah. your pay because that's that's yeah. all we're getting. We, we have a cooler full of light beer. Let's go nuts. <laughs> Three two beer. <laughs> yeah. No, this, uh, you're in the reggae scene in San Diego, huh? So our old bass player, he moved back to San Diego. He was he was there for a long time. He played in a band called Sunny Rude out there. Oh, cool. I, I I've never I've never heard of him, but yeah, no, I I was definitely involved in the reggae scene out there. There's a I, I got a lot of homies in in the reggae scene, like uh, a lot of the Cal Roots. Are you familiar with the festival Cal Roots, California yeah, Roots it Festival? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, they do a thing every year up in Monterey, but. Uh, yeah, like uh, Tribal Seeds, Hyrie, yeah. there's uh, – oh, fuck, dude. Just, just, uh, I can't remember all of them. Yeah, we've played with some of those bands before. We played with The Expendables, played oh, Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, that. yeah. yeah. Revolution's awesome. There, we got some homies in Austin, Lion Heights, who they're pretty Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, I rec- that's where we recorded the EP at Dane, the bass player's uh, studio. Oh, right so on. Were, oh, yeah. 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 
Kane is my homie. He's my real homie. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, th- those dudes are rad, man. We, I, oh, we, yeah. We played, a, we played a, a couple sets with them uh, South by Southwest a, co- nice. a few years ago. Uh, but yeah, man, it, I fucking love Austin. I love okay. the I love, dudes. Yeah, fucking solid, and they're all solid players, and they they got the they got a great sound going. Um, but yeah, man, I, I fucking I, I really do dig the reggae shit, man. It's it, it's cool to see sort of this reggae scene sort of um, uh, you know coming to life here in in the states, you know, because there's definitely. Uh, uh, there's definitely an Americanized, bastardized reggae sound oh, yeah. that's coming the out. So, of, the SoCal reggae sound. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of birthed by Sublime, and right. it's been kind of just been going ever since. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that that's definitely what what uh, <laughs> where it started, man. And it's interesting to see it sort of spread across the whole country. Uh, just just in these last you know ten or so years, even it's oh, really yeah. it's really sort of expanded out and. And now you see all these different reggae festivals, like in Florida and Texas, out east on the East Coast, definitely West Coast. There's tons of them, Washington and shit. Uh, but it, it's it's really cool to see. Uh, wh- what were your like? Uh, you like reggae, I take it. But uh, who, oh, yeah. who are some of your people that you really dig on? Uh, some bands. Reggae. I mean, it's all over, man. Like I like. SoCal reggae, but I like the Jamaican stuff, the first wave Scots reggae stuff, you know, Bob Marley, obviously. Um, I listen to like a lot of reggae covers, actually. I'm really into like popular music that's been done in reggae style. And there's <laughs> yeah. like this crew of German musicians who have like perfected making reggae covers. And I, I can't remember what they're called, but I have a whole playlist of them. And I'm just like, this is like extremely well-produced reggae music. And it's all like super popular songs, like stuff that you'd hear on the radio. I'm like, I really dig on that because a lot of reggae songs are very simple. They're yeah. just, you know, one, four, you know, just the, there's two chords, the whole song. And like, these are like, you know, well-written songs that are done in a reggae style so they're not as simple so they're i mean more exciting to listen to i guess yeah yeah i i i, I dig that i dig that that that's such a it, that's such a fucking cool tradition too that's been just sort of passed along when they're taking these like like uh fuck what this, this come on okay well there we go we can't remember shit that's fine <laughs> it doesn't matter but we we get what we're saying we know what's going on here i wish i knew who yeah. it was More vintage than- reggae cafe they're called vintage reggae cafe there you go this, Vin- vintage yeah. reggae cafe morby morby's morby's yeah. uh das german so she she's probably like what's up what's up with that yeah. german reggae? like i'm looking at one of the songs off their record they did a song by lana del rey called blue jeans and i was like oh that's a dope cover and they did like uh sweet dreams by eurythmics they did it reggae style like man this is dope (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah we speak memories good yeah all of that all that i do uh so so with the band um you're the primary songwriter now do you write lyrics and stuff too or do you usually hand that off to yeah you write it all i write everything pretty much i i pretty much put together a full song before anybody else in the band will even hear it um i will write like i i either come up with like a melody um like a lyric or a horn line like say hey it was a horn line that was that the horn line was the first uh you know thing i wrote for that song and then i kind of like i drop a roadmap i'll drop a chord progression you know i'll kind of like figure out a way to take the song from a to b and i'll write up a horn chart i, I chart out all the stuff for the horns 
And that really helps with, you know, the revolving door of horn players that a band like us hmm. will have. I can just shove a chart in front of a guy and be like, go, you know, I don't <laughs> have to like sit with them and be like, all right, here's how you play this. It's in this key. It's like, it's all there. You know, I wish I could do that for every instrument. You know, it's harder when you got like keyboards. It's, you know, it's more like here, hold the chord and do a pad anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I usually have like a roadmap. I'll bring it to the band rehearsal or I'll meet with the singer beforehand if I you know need to get some lyric tweaks. But most of the time, I'll just bring it to the band and be like, all right, let's flush this out. And I'll sing it at first and then I'll kind of teach her on the fly or you know, I'll meet with her and we'll come up with something. We'll come up with harmonies if we're singing together. And then it'll either live or die in the practice room. You know, It'll either come to life and it sounds really good or we need to kind of put it on the back burner maybe re revisit it another time or it's just like the song sucks and it dies <laughs> <laughs> yeah now uh, are you um are do you do you try to are, are you very particular on what you want to hear or, or are you someone who lets sort of the band take it and, and do what they will with it usually like once it's to that point and i bring it to the band like i let everyone come up with their own part except mm. for the horns usually the horns have i have written what they need to play mm. and they'll get maybe a solo but it, i found that that just works a lot better to have it charted out because horn players they'll they'll start messing around when they shouldn't be playing if you don't have them yeah. on a chart sometimes you know i've, I've just experienced that but mm. yeah like the, the drummer's been in the band since 2014 so usually i won't even write a beat i'll just be like all right here's how i imagine it sounding i'll kind of sing a drum part for him and he'll come up with something or he might come up with a different idea like one of the songs on the record another man in line like that like disco beat he started doing in the chorus like that he just started doing that when we were playing that song at practice and i was like oh shit this like took this song in a whole other direction so that was cool and it does the kind of organic stuff that you know when you have a band you're comfortable with you can get that spontaneity out of it you know, and it, it's tough when you've got a big band to like have that camaraderie, but I've got it at least with, with the drummer, you know, we can work to, some ideas out together. Yeah. Does that ever cause any risks that you come up with all the, 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 the material? Like, is there anybody who ever is like, well, what about my song, bro? If anyone in the band listening to this wants to bring a song to the table, <laughs> bring a song to the table i've been waiting i've been waiting for someone to step up and write i feel like it's intimidating because i, I don't want to my own i am a, like experienced songwriter i've written songs for a long time I've written a lot of songs and i just know how to do it and if you haven't written a barrel full of songs your first songs are probably gonna stink yeah and it's just it's just you got to learn how to do it it's a craft it's not something you can just like cough up and you've written a grammy winning song it takes a lot of really bad songs to become a good songwriter yeah i agree are you um, are you someone who uh, who who who, uh, who uh, like sets aside time for writing, or are you the type of person that sort of uh, when the spirit moves you, you're like, oh, this is a good idea. It's, it's tougher now because I'm married. I've got a kid on the way, hmm. and it's tougher to set aside that time to write. Like when I was in college, when I was a younger man, I could just close myself up in my room, smoke a bowl, and just get my guitar out. And something's going to come out of me. You know, I'm going to write something. And now it's just harder to like find that time, find that headspace. You know, it's when you, when you're creative, it's really about getting in the right headspace. You know, you can, you can't just flip off, you know, husband mode, you know, work mode and just get into creative mode. It's, and you got to ease into that. And like, it's got to be, you know, the right mindset because you can't, when you force yourself to write, the weirdest stuff comes out of you. Like yeah. I've like sat down and been like, I'm writing a song right now. Yeah. And it's like, 
it's terrible. I'm like, I should never do that again. Like, <laughs> like, I should, should never see the light of day, you know, like, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough to get in that mindset now as we get older. And like, I feel like I'm better at spending my time. Like I, like I wrote this song for this songwriting thing I'm doing every week and it came out pretty cool. I had to uh, smoke a bowl to get there, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. but you know, and, I, and a lot of times when I smoke, I write reggae. So it's, just kind of, you know. <laughs> that, it's hand in hand, bro. It's hand in hand. It's just like, gotta hit that offbeat, you know, it just gets, yeah. you, gets you right there. <laughs> Fuck, man. No, I, I, I was thinking that the other day, I, I've taken a break from smoking weed and, um, yeah, I don't smoke much anymore, but when I have to write something, I'm like, I need it. <laughs> well, that, that was the whole thing. Like I'm right now I'm in the middle of about, uh, like I, I'm about to release a single uh, on my own and I'm, nice. I'm editing the video together right now for everything. And I'm just sitting there like, man, I, I should just smoke some weed and maybe things will work out better because right now I'm feeling, I don't know, there's something about weed too for me that helps me sort of get past that burden of starting and the burden of sort of like, you know, like getting, like right now I just don't feel as connected as I want to be connected to what I'm doing. And there's something about yeah. weed that sort of breaks down that barrier for me. And it helps me really connect, and it helps me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what I'm talking that about headspace. Yeah, that exactly, headspace, man. You, you got to get in. Like, I know exactly where. Like, it's like this magical. Like, you get an uplink to the to the stars or something when you start <laughs> getting those creative ideas in your head. You're like, when you start writing a song, you're like, boom, the pipeline's open. It's yeah. all in my brain right now. Yeah. And you know, you write a song in like you know an hour, and other times you're like, that pipe isn't open, and you're like, I've got nothing right now. <laughs> yeah, for real though, for real. And that's how I've been kind of feeling. It, just sitting there is more okay on weed. Yeah, for real, yeah. Morby. It does. Just just be, <laughs> just staring at the wall is better when you're just high. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, you know, like I made this thing where I'm like, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to, you know, because and, and there were, there's been a lot of awesome things that's uh, happened from taking a break from smoking. But like in these moments where I'm like, man, I got to create or I also do editing, video editing and, and yeah, shooting yeah. for other other uh, like for other things, for other people, for contract and like even working on that is like man like just smoking weed and like and, and just diving into it and just letting your brain sort of swim and have fun and like you know go places mm -hmm. it, I'm, I'm just sitting there like i don't want to do this right now i'd rather be doing <laughs> something else and, and i that, mean that's that add mindset you it, know it like sometimes i'll start working on like a, or i'll be at work you know i'll be working on something i'm like i just need to go like pace around the house for a couple of minutes just so like <laughs> be able to focus i actually got a prescription for adderall and it's really helped me. It's really helped me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yo, hey, if it helps, it helps. I, Just be I, able to sit still. Like, I'm 34 years old, and, like, I still have trouble sitting still. <laughs> you see me going back and forth. This is me all day. Like, I'm just, or I'm, like, swaying back and forth, or I'm making little beats on my, it's re-fucking-diculous. And, yeah, man, were, were you apprehensive to taking medication? Um. I always thought it might hurt my creativity. I thought it would make me less creative to be on medication and it hasn't changed me at all. It's just really made me, it slows things down a little, you know, mm -hmm. my brain's going like a thousand miles an hour. Sometimes so yeah. I'm just like, I have one idea and then another idea pops into my brain and it just takes over my brain. I'm like, I chase that rabbit 
And then I forget about the direction the other rabbit went in. I have to go find that. And, you know, and this is kind of like just slowed the rabbits down a little bit. Yeah. No, (laughs) I, I, I understand completely what you're saying. Just being so your mind being so just, just moving at such a rapid pace that you sort of lose track of what you're doing. You lose track of like the idea you had over here. It's it, it like I've really had to learn how to write down things, write things down for sure. And and I started taking medication. I I, I went the other way. I did I the non stimulant. Uh, there's like these there's a non stimulant ADHD drug, and um yeah no it, and and it fucking made all the difference. And what's crazy is, is that I've always had this problem with just like mood fluctuations and and just uh you know uh uh what just being um being uh what do you when when impulsive and and you know making these stupid decisions and and i've always just you know i was i i've just always been against medication and and i'll smoke weed and i'll meditate and i'll take some mushrooms and everything's gonna work out fine fuck medication but as soon as I found the correct medication, I'm like, oh, this is what being a human fucking being is like. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real deal, man. Like sometimes people, I, I think there's some people who take medication who don't need it necessarily. Yeah, but for the people, for the people who do, like it really can make a huge difference, especially if you're battling depression yeah. or you know things where your brain chemistry just doesn't work right. Like I've had been depressed before and been to those dark places and. You need every, you need every bit of help you can to get out of those places. I've written some great songs when I've been depressed. Yeah, you know, you you look into the darkness and you write a song. You know, like that can help you cope. I, I have friends who talk to me openly about their depression, and medication is one of the lifelines to get yourself out of those things. So, no, I'm definitely not anti-medication. I'm against abusing it for people who don't need it. You yeah. know, people who ask if they can buy my Adderall from me, I'm like do you need this? You know, I know you're not, a, you know, maybe if you're a student, you're trying to write a paper or right. something, I'll be like, sure. Okay. You have, you have a reason, but you're like, I just like how it makes me feel. I want to go snort a line and go to the bar. You know? <laughs> exactly. No, that's well, that, that was the other thing I was worried about. I was like, cause I don't like stimulants, but when I was a kid, when I was like 13, I discovered you could snort Ritalin and I just went to <laughs> fucking town on it, bro. I was just like, Oh shit, let's go. You know? So it, you started early. I was in college before I saw someone snort a line of a pill. <laughs> Yo, I, I I was left to my own devices a lot as a kid, and so I, I just sort of learned from the wrong people all the wrong things. So it was. It seemed like you turned out okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm all right. I'm, I'm much. I'm I'm probably at my best now that I've ever been. But like you know, it, it still was a long journey getting there. Lots of substance abuse, you know. But but you know you. Still step away from it and, and like like stepping away from weed for a little bit it's just one of those things where i was noticing that i was using it as a crutch and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't fun anymore and i'm like oh i know what this is you know like I, i've been here before with harder drugs and it's like this isn't really this isn't really doing anything for me anymore. This is like just so I can feel normal and, and yeah, like, status quo. You yeah, know, status quo drug. You know, I have, a, I have a friend battling alcoholism right now, and he's just like, I need it just to like get through my day. I start getting the shakes, and yeah. it's like he needs it to take the edge off just his day. And it's like if you could not do that, you probably would feel a lot better day to day. You know, like you wouldn't want to tell me you're gonna you know, jump off a bridge when we're, yeah. you know, trying to have a good time right now. So right. yeah, I, to- I totally understand that you do have to step away sometimes. Sometimes it starts ruling your life. Yeah. And yeah, it, it is ridiculous. And, and, you know, I know 
I know addiction is hard. I'm, I'm definitely an addict of, uh, you know, but like it's, if you don't take a break, you're never going to know who you really are. And like stepping away from alcohol for me was the biggest thing for me. It was like, oh shit, this is, this is, you know, this was me getting my humanity back. And because I started early, I started early as a young, young person. So it was something that sort of culminated until I was 30. And then, and then I quit. And then there was like a whole world opened up. Have you uh, have you ever been dependent or close to dependent on things, or have you always sort of like been able to sort of get your shit back and not go too far? I used to smoke a lot of weed when I was a younger person. Yeah. Like I was a everyday, all day smoker for a few years. Uh, so I wouldn't say that that was like I've never been addicted to anything hard. I've been pretty good at staying away from uh, you know recreation. Uh, you know, I've done psychedelics, I've done coke before, you know, things like that. But when I was younger and I didn't have you know a family, so th- I made it. And I and when I work, you know, I have a, I have a regular job, and you know, th- those are things I left in the past. And yeah. I've just been around addiction, though. Yeah. I've been around it. I've seen, I, there's people who I've known throughout my life who are no longer on the planet due to addiction. I think we all know people like that yeah. these days, like fentanyl is a real problem right now. And so I also think that keeps me away, you know, just seeing how much pain it can cause as well. Yeah. No, that, that see, so you learned, <laughs> you, <laughs> you saw, you observed. Well, you <laughs> I also, I had a mom who like was vigilant about making sure I wasn't going to be an addict or anything. I had my wisdom teeth out when I was 17 and I was prescribed Percocet and painkiller, you know, and she locked them up. Damn. She was like, No, you are going to take these when I give them to you. Yeah. You are not getting these painkillers. She she kept that shit away from me. So that's, that's good. good on her. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Like that, that that's awesome. I again I was left to my own devices, and so like I, I was just sort of latchkey in a way. But uh my, my dad got ran over when I was young, like in high school, he got mm. ran over by a truck. And so when he finally came home from uh Nader Tater, good to see you, buddy. Uh, the, when, when he came home from rehabilitation, he was given, this was when like Oxycontins were like at their peak. Yeah. He had Percocets, Oxycontins, and they were just giving it to him like, okay, whatever you want, whatever you want. And so it was just like this direct line of opiates that I was just like, oh, sweet. Um, I was like selling them and eating uh, them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were not only given fun for yourself, but you were given like a way to. Everybody enterprise. was having fun. <laughs> it, 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 what's fucked up is probably I've led, I've probably led more people down that terrible road than I would like to admit. And, and you know, you could say like. You, you didn't know any better, to be honest. Maybe. You, you didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I wasn't sitting there like, yeah, we were just partying, right? As kids, yeah. we were just having a good time. Time, but then your brain's not fully developed either. No. When you're like 18 years old, your brain is like you're a kid, you yeah. know. And I took it took me a while to realize what a moron I was when I was, you know, 18 <laughs> years old. And looking back, it's like I have more like I guess sympathy for younger people who are like trying to act a certain way. You're like, you you have no idea who you are right. at this age. No, and it, it's like it's a responsibility as you get older to be like more of a mentor you know when you're younger you take you take you take you take and you just are living for yourself and as you get older you start 
giving back what you've learned. That's like the responsibility of getting older and maturity is just starting to give back those lessons you learn. And you learn those lessons about, you know, substance abuse and things like that. Those are things that you can give back. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's because it, I have a son. And by the way, congratulations on, on, the, on uh, the kid on you. the way. Are you are you guys excited? Was this a uh, was, oh, yeah. this was this planned? Were you guys planning or was it a pleasant surprise? It was um, it wasn't a surprise, but it was a surprise that it happened when it did, I guess. You know, it was like uh, for a while we had wanted it to happen and we didn't really think it was going to be this time. And I guess, you know, when it happened, we were like, great, it's, it's the right time for us. You know, we we're like getting into our mid 30s and we're like, it's either now or is it ever going to happen? So, no. you know, it was it was the right time. And we're really excited. I'm, I'm excited to be a dad. I hope he has rhythm. I, I keep saying this. I'm like, I hope he <laughs> I hope he's born and he has Rhythm. How old, how old is your, your child? My, my son's eight. He's eight, and and he sings like oh. a motherfucker, but he's not interested. It, that's that. Oh really? Yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking. But you know what? It, it's like maybe he's he's th- he's talking about what he wants to be these days, and he's uh he's talking about like lawyer, and I was like that, you know, or, or or a gamer. He wants to be a gamer, and I don't know that that's you can do that now, especially with platforms like Twitch and and YouTube. You can you can make a living off it, but it's very difficult living to make yeah but uh he's uh he 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 can sing his ass off but he's just he kind of rejects the whole musician thing wait wait till he gets a little older and that voice gets him some ladies yeah and well, see. <laughs> and he's a, he's a really good looking dude too so like he's a, <laughs> he, he's gonna he's gonna see what happens he has like long hair and he's just like oh, he's such a, he's little, gonna be oh, a lady killer oh he's gonna smash he's gonna smash and dash but uh i i uh you know i'm not I'm not encouraging him to smash and dash, but, I, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a situation, man. He's already into like he's already like he's already like humping shit, you know. Like he's already like eight. Hey, yo, dude. he's 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 such a boy. He's such a boy. So it, it's a uh, it's definitely oh, that's funny. I've, I've seen that kind of happen. Like my uh, my wife's sister, she's got three kids, and when I met her, they were little boys. Like one was an infant, and one was like three. So they're like, you know, little tiny babies. And now they're, you know, boys, like eight and six. Yeah. And I'm like, they're boys. And they're like, mom, I just got out of the bathtub. I washed my balls. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I love them, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's the kind of stuff they're saying to their mom now. It's like, oh, I just took a poop. Yeah. And it's like, it stinks like a man's poop. It's not like a little baby poop anymore. So yeah, I just got not exposure. You know, it's like to be ready for like, oh, it's a cute little baby. And it's like, poof, they're like a little boy now. It's yeah. Like stink. <laughs> yeah. Little, little stink bots, yo. So do you know what the, the sex is yet? Oh yeah, it's a boy. Oh, oh shit! He's gonna be coming out like, dude, I just washed my dick. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> Man, ready I, I'm worried because I was a crazy kid. I was a crazy <laughs> kid, and I drove my parents nuts. So I'm really scared. I passed along this crazy seed, and I'm gonna have like like the time of my life raising this kid. But we'll see. He might be you know, more like his mom and more calm. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah, you never know. That that's the that's the the fun of having kids. It's like you don't know what's gonna come out of the situation. And the genetic cards have been put into the shuffle, and we're drawing a card. We'll yeah, see which man. card we get. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, I mean it, it's fun, man. You're gonna like it. it. It it's it's definitely one of those things. And and you're like. And you're open to it, and you're like excited about it, you know. So like that that we're helps. already looking at daycares, man. You know, like we're we're prepared. You know, yeah. we, in Austin, apparently, it can be like a year before you can get on 
a daycare. Yeah. Like the wait lists here are crazy because of staffing problems. And they're paying people who work at these daycares eleven dollars an <sighs> hour. I'm like, they're paying people that rate to like watch people's kids. I'm like, there's some messed up stuff in this country. Yeah. That's messed up to me. The people who mm-hmm. handle our children are the least paid in the country. I agree. I agree. It's like what they try to pay teachers, you know, these teachers and, and uh, they should be paid. They should be paid like doctors and our whole country would be a lot better. I, exactly. If we have enough money to bail out all these fucking asshole corporations who, who, who just take, 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 take and, and destroy the environment yes. and, you know, it, it, we can afford to fucking fund some, well, some shit for I our got teachers. An, I got an idea for Congress, and I heard Let's this from go. a coworker of mine. Every, everybody in Congress should wear the brands that are sponsoring them, the companies that sponsor them, like NASCAR. Like, you got to show up wearing a suit that's like, you know, DuPont or, you know, Shell Oil, whatever, you know, NRA. <laughs> you got to show up to Congress wearing all of those brands. If you accept money from them, you've got to paint it on your shirt. Oh, bro, I'm with that. I am with that. So we know who's who and what's what. No, they, our, our Congress is such a, it's such a fucking joke, man. Like the, the, the amount of insider trade, the insider trading is so oh, yeah. horrible and prevalent that there's websites that track that the, oh, yeah. they're trading and people are making good money off of tracking Congress people and senators uh, trading habits. It, it's, it's fucking nuts. It, did you know that it's only like 200 bucks fine, $200 fine if they get caught insider trading? That's like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. <laughs> thank you, Morby. Oh, Nader Tater. Thank you so much for that gifted sub, my friend. I really appreciate you. This is for you. Uh, you know what? Um, since since I know where your brain's at, Nader, this is for you, sir. Oh, shit. Hold on. Uh, hello and welcome to Jesus. We Speak English Good TV. <laughs> I'm your announcer, Seth Rogen. Uh, now, everyone, put your doobies in the air or your hands together. <laughs> whichever you prefer. Uh, for your host, uh, Mike E.P. Yay! Thank you, Nate Taylor. I appreciate you. <laughs> hey, Nature Boy. Thank you, Randy, for that. Woo, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm sorry. That was such a distraction, but we were talking about Congress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good, man. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Your show. Hey. Well, well. I mean, we were talking about uh, what? What were you saying, though? Do you remember what you were saying? You're talking about insider trading. How's a two hundred dollar fine for like people who do insider trading? I mean, they they make the rules, and they, you know, they all the things that can pass is a race for themselves. Yeah. You know? So nothing, nothing's going to get done in this country. And I mean, the pendulum has swung so far to the right right now that you just got to wait for it to swing back. But we'll we'll see what state the country's in even when it swings back you know the world's on fire right now it's 110 in austin today it's like the i know it's like the world is literally going to catch on fire eventually yeah the people are like oh well the earth we're in so much trouble it's like the earth is going to be fine the people who live on it are not we don't you don't understand like the earth is just going to be continue on it's not yeah. like it's going to spin off into outer space no nope. we're not going to be on it though so no. we could change and live on it or we can just become machines that's probably the only thing that we're going to be good at doing yeah well i mean you guys got elon there so maybe he can uh, hurry up that that whole process of turning uh turning us into robots <laughs> i, I <laughs> mean i don't sense. i don't really like elon musk honestly i've listened to him talk he just sounds like the most pompous douche i've ever seen yeah like i actually interviewed for a job at tesla and i the job I interviewed for it was like oh we get to like talk to Elon it's like it's like they only hire people who worship him so <laughs> I was like I'm not I, I don't really like have any celeb worship yeah. like ounce in me like if I met somebody who's super maybe like if I met like you know the president 
or if it was like Barack Obama, who I like really respect, I'd be like, okay, like I met somebody that like I thought was pretty cool or, you know, like a really good musician. I'd be like, I'm wowed by their talent, but like celeb worshiping is stupid. It's like, mm. they're just another pissing and shitting on human being, you know, who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For real though. Yeah. They're, they're farts stink just as bad as mine. So fuck them. Exactly. No, exactly. Well, fuck them. Well, well, you know, like with the pandemic, you guys had sort of an influx of people sort of coming into Austin and you have Joe Rogan's and the Elon stuff, <laughs> tech daddy, <laughs> Elon tech daddy. Yeah. A capitalist. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like what, like twelve kids? Two daddies—an appropriate term for that dude. Yo, he, yeah, and it was just found out that he had what twins last year or something. With his dude. assistant or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dude is just out there fucking. Um, but but yeah, man, I, I I don't know. Like, have you noticed anything about Austin with this sort of influx? And I, I, I know that more yeah. people. The drivers fucking suck, dude. <laughs> Nobody knows where the fuck they're going here. If the, the the drivers are a unique kind of terrible in Austin. And like, I'm number one. I'm a very good driver. I've driven the same car for 17 years, <laughs> and it's turned into a mess re recently because somebody plowed into me. They t-boned me, and then somebody backed into me and didn't leave a note or anything. So the guy who t-boned me, I, he stopped, and I got some money from insurance for that. My door stole all messed up. I haven't gotten it fixed yet. But the, somebody backed into me at some parking lot. So now my old car, I have a 2005 Toyota Highlander, is all messed up. Oh, so shit. I drive around town. I've got a bunch of dings and dents all over my car. I actually don't even care because people are so terrible at driving that it's like, whatever. Like, it's just best to have some dents on your car because it's not really worth it having a nice car. People are going to run into you because they suck at driving. People genuinely struggle to get their car up the road here. Like, they're looking at the sky, driving 20 <laughs> miles an hour, getting onto the highway, wondering, why is everybody honking at me? <laughs> Dude, so um, people who moved here from somewhere else they just have no idea how to get around. Oh That's my really god, getting back to that 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 was how it was in San Diego. Like it's such a transient city that fuck it, transient trans. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, they they there's so many people from so many different places, so many walks. Transplants. Yeah. There's so many transplants there that that no one had any kind of cohesive driving methods. When it yeah. rained, fucking there was accidents. Oh, people the rain here. Same, same here. It's, it's like the the world is coming to an end. If there's a raindrop that falls from the sky, it's like it's panic. It's like that picture of like it's like snowing and there's like a car on fire and it's like I don't know if you've ever seen this picture on the internet. It's like it's it's just like that here, you know, <laughs> the, the south with where it's where it's sunny most of the time. Uh, I'm I'm like wanting to see that picture now. Oh, there's a picture. I'll let's see if I can find it for you. Uh, Snowpocalypse, maybe. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, is this? Oh, there you got it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's Panama. Well, you guys had like you guys have been having snow and shit, which is so that weird was last too. year. That, dude, that was miserable because <laughs> we lost power for three days. Wow. And there's there's parts of the city that didn't. So I mean, we had like a it was probably six to eight inches of snow, and the electrical grid shut down in many parts of the state so they Gosh. prioritize power for like the important parts of the city where there's like a hospital on the grid right and we didn't have power in our neighborhood for three days and luckily we have gas so we had our stove working our hot water heater working so we were able to boil water and our water pipes didn't freeze like it was zero degrees here it was like 
that's it's colder than it ever gets here. So all the gas lines to the gas power plants froze. The windmills weren't running and the, uh, the solar panels weren't working. So, you know, all the Republicans are like, oh, it's the, the renewable energy failed us. It's like, well, <laughs> you forgot to mention that the gas lines to your fossil fuel plants froze, you asshole. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just fucked here. Now, honestly, Texas is a fucked state. I, I, we're, we're probably going to move away once we uh, have the kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that's what I, I, I have family in Texas. I, I have, I like Texas, but it's, it, y- y- it is kind of a fucked up state, especially if you're not politically aligned with it. And uh, I have family in yeah. San, San Antonio, so I, which I, I San Antonio is a nice city. I love Austin. Yeah. I love, I fucking love Austin. But it, it I've heard the this whole thing like, uh, you know, uh, Austin is great, except that's surrounded by Texas. <laughs> and, and, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's some endearing parts of those like country areas of mm. Texas, you know, yeah. and it's just like it's it's just a tough place to live if you are and i'm not even like a progressive person in terms of the world like Mm. if you look at like european politics like american democrats are like the conservatives of parts of europe so it's (laughs) like in america we're so far to the right that it's like we can't even think about like what does true progressiveness look like and it's like i just i just can't live in a state where people can anyone can buy a gun we have more mass shootings in this state than any other place in the country. No one wants to actually do anything about it. And mm. it's just too much, too much. It's too hot here too. It's 110 <laughs> today. Oh, I can't, I can't live. In, and my pregnant wife is, she's going crazy. She, she won't leave the house right now. Oh, geez. I couldn't imagine, man. <laughs> that, that, that's like, that's fucking like Vegas. That, that Vegas yeah. temperature, man. That's, that's, I was cold. just in Vegas last month and they're so much better about conserving their water, which is like something we need to start doing here. Like the Hoover Dam is empty yeah. right now. Yeah. And that, at least they have a lot of recapturing of water and they don't hmm. have any lawns there. You know, it's like you can't really have a lawn there. Right. So, you know, they're just better about conservation of water. Not good enough. They're going to run out of water just like every other Western right. city is in the next 10 or 20 years. But, you know, that's another thing that's coming up the pipe that we need to work on. And America is definitely not ready for the amount of water demand. Like I said, like you talk about how many people moved to Austin. It's like 10 years ago or t- 2011, we had a summer that was just like this where it didn't rain the entire summer. And we had a horrible drought. And we're in the same condition right now. It hasn't rained since maybe April, like in any significant amount. And the lake is drying up. That's where we get our water from. And we probably have another million people since 2011 here. God so. Damn. The more demand on water, more demand on energy. We're predicting rolling blackouts here, and it's like it's summer's bare, barely started. We still have a whole another two months of a hundred degrees. It won't cool down until October here. <sighs> yeah, no, that I've, I've been seeing those pictures of like Lake Mead and shit all drying up, and oh they're, yeah, they're finding like like bodies and fucking cars that were thrown into the lake and shit because it's all receding. Oh, yeah. They're finding all the like the like the the mob bosses who dump the bodies from the casinos that got built in the fifties. Yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like I live in I live in northern Ohio, so we have like the Great Lakes, which is just so yeah. much fresh water. So uh, I, I I live in Ohio, and I, I hate it. I did not want to move back here, but like San Diego's facing the same shit. It's basically a yeah. desert with a beach. So it, yeah. it, and the only reason why there's any green there is because we're piping water in, and so from the Colorado River. It, that's exactly. where Which, all of the water comes from in the West. Yeah, and 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 that's depleting so quickly. Uh, so like moving back to Ohio, it was it was rough for me. It was rough. That first winter was yeah. fucking hor- horrendous. But oh, when you when you lived in San Diego, 
Chicago for that long and go to Ohio. Oh god. It was yeah. it was fucking awful, but it, I don't know. But but as I'm getting older, as my son's getting older, as I'm seeing the world change, this country change, I'm thinking more more that this living in a smaller town and uh, you know in this in this generally safe part of the world where there's not too yeah. many natural disasters like you might get a tornado but you're not but it's not like fucking hurricanes or, or massive drought or fucking you know like we need a hurricane here. <laughs> we need a hurricane in central texas right now because it would fill the lake back up and i mean <laughs> we're far enough inland where like the hurricane would probably like dissipate enough where like it wouldn't cause like horrendous damage, but like the ground's so dry, it's like we could probably take ten inches of rain and it wouldn't flood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, you just absorb, <laughs> just go right. Yeah, into- <laughs> honestly, like my backyard is a desert right now. Like all this, we had some nice grass in this spring, and it's like it's dead. It's dead. literally just like dirt and dust right now. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I, I I can't imagine. Like, I, and I know that right now all these cities, especially a city like Austin, that, which is a pretty popular city, and especially with more people, bigger, you know, more people sort of moving in all the time. Uh, that I can imagine the price of living down there is probably pretty, pretty fucking outrageous right now. Is oh how, yeah, how is that? Austin is extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I moved here, I moved here in 2011. The first summer I lived here was this horrible drought summer, and I was like, that was my intro to Austin summers. So like every other summer. After that, I was like, man, it's really nice. You know, it's like 95. Oh, that's fine. But it was like 105 every day. We had a, like a, over 100 days of 100-degree weather that summer, and we're going to probably break that record this year. Jesus. Um, so uh, that back then, Austin wasn't as expensive. My first rent was $282 a month for a four-bedroom house. It was like $1,100, and I lived in like a shithole house with three other dudes. You know, and I'm in my early 20s, and it's like, uh, yeah, so – you can't do that anymore here. You, you're going to be paying probably a thousand dollars, you know, a person to live in a shithole. And um, my wife and I are lucky because we bought a house in 2019, and oh. I mean, it's probably over doubled in value since we bought it. But now with interest rates going back up with uh, home loans, I just don't see the the price of real estate continuing to go up. It's probably going to level out. Yeah. And I mean, we got we're dealing with inflation. We're dealing, you know, with gas prices that are four fifty a gallon here, which is probably the cheapest in the country. <laughs> Morgana, thank you so much for that sub. I appreciate you. Good to see you. I, I'm sorry you're not feeling well right now, but I, I got something for you that maybe will make you feel a little better. And was hello and welcome to We Speak English Good TV. I'm your announcer, Ron Swanson. And now I'm asking you to put your hands together in a clappy noise for your host, Mike E. P. Fanfare. Wonderful. Uh, thank you, Morgan. I appreciate you. Good to see you. I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, I all these cities are eating shit right now with inflation with all this everything that's going on i that that's really awesome that you own your property down there um and that you're going to probably make out really well when you guys do decide to leave it, it, you're not originally from austin right you're you moved there Where, where'd you move from yeah. i've lived all over the country growing up i was born in pennsylvania and i lived there until i was 10 i lived in colorado for a few years and then i spent my like high school and colleges in north carolina so kind of came of age in north carolina i went to college in Asheville. oh hell yeah 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 Asheville's dope that's a beautiful part of the country fuck yeah um i I would live there again but when i was old maybe like in my (laughs) 60s we were just there in may for a for a wedding of a buddy of mine 
kind of a disaster because they tested positive for COVID the day before the wedding. <laughs> so it was kind of kind of a disaster of a wedding, but he's one of my good buddies and I was glad I got to at least be there and celebrate with him. Yeah. But it, it was so beautiful there and it was already hot in Austin in May. Yeah. So when, when we went out there and I got off the plane and it's like 70 in the middle of the day, I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful here. And so it's a beautiful part of the country and it actually rains there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but it, yeah, it's we're, gorgeous. We're probably going to move back to North Carolina. Yeah. Like my folks live in Wilmington, which okay. is on the beach. And so we're probably, I'm looking for a job where I can be remote and then we'll probably move to Wilmington. Yeah. That, 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 that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, so what you guys going to stick it out for a couple years after the baby or. Yeah. We're, it was playing it by ear, you know, like we're going to yeah. have a baby kind of adjust to that change. Our life's going to change, see how that goes. And then probably be moving to, uh, you know, there and, excited by the job you know if i get a job there we're able to work you know mm. be able to live on one income because i, I doubt we're both going to be able to get a new job at the same time <laughs> yeah it, it, it it's tough and drama queen what the hell you added something reina now i'm the drama king how dare you how dare you reina uh the uh i i, I i've been noticing a lot of people sort of making these exodus from these bigger cities like me and my wife left uh, san diego yeah a while ago and did you, did you have your son when you lived in San Diego? We did. We did. We had him for a couple of years, but we lived in this really cool little beach town called Ocean Beach out there. And, um, and you know, when I first got out there, sort of like you, it was cheap. It, you know, I mean, cheap. We lived in a two-bedroom. For Cali. <laughs> for Cali, yeah. It was $400 per, a person, but it was three dudes in a two-bedroom and, like, yeah, one dude exactly. lived on the couch. And then we moved into yep. a, a cool little spot that it was a house that had a backyard and it was like $600 a person. By the time we left, they hiked up the rent so far. It was like we were paying eighteen eighteen $1850 or something a month. And then like overnight, they got a new uh, they got a new landlord and it was like $2,700. And so- That's that corporations, man. Those corporations yes. are buying up real estate and mm -hmm. they're all fixing the prices. It's, it's yeah. crooked. It is, and they're pushing people out. They're pushing out the poor people. They're pushing out the artists. You know, like in Ocean yeah. Beach was a very artist-laden community, and um, lots of hippies, lots of homeless. But like, it was still like a very artsy part of the part of the city. And so they're just bringing in all these like corporate douchebags. Tech is starting to, yeah. to invade. That's Austin. I mean, yeah. same thing happened in Austin. I mean, mm -hmm. like the I live on the east side. The east side of Austin is like the historically black area of town. I mean, I don't say that just because there were black people living here. It's because it was redlined back in the 20s mm -hmm. where like you couldn't live if you were a black person you couldn't live on the other side of the city and what's happened in austin is just the, all these all this real estate's been flipped and bought by corporations they either fix the rent or they remodel the house and charge an exorbitant amount of money and they've pushed out everybody who used to live here and that's i mean it's gentrification but I was an artistic type that I didn't make a lot of money for a really long time. And I was able to afford to live over here. And now it's completely changed. We were just very fortunate to buy when we did because we couldn't afford to buy our own house and we're both gainfully employed people. Yeah. So it's, it's just crazy that, you know, the prices, it's like, who's going to be able to own these, this property at a certain point, it's going to reach a breaking point where people just can't afford it. Pe like regular people who have, good jobs are not going to be able to afford what these these corporations are doing to the real estate market and the chinese are investing in real estate and we don't talk about that enough we are like there's like companies that say that's like you know u.s holdings limited and it's like it's actually owned by some chinese investor who's you know just buying up real estate all over the country yeah 
Yeah, no, that that is weird, man. That is weird how much the Chinese are invested in in our uh, and the movie industry too. Movie industry and our culture. Yeah, man. No, there's the waterfront down here in in my city, Toledo. That was all bought out by the Chinese, and we're just a little shit city. Uh, fuck it, and and they're still like, um, we're in here. They're 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 they. You know, and not to disparage Chinese folks because Chinese people are great and love them We're all. We're on a Zoom call. They're probably listening to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but it's interesting. I mean, you know, like they just – like TikTok. Uh, do you fuck with TikTok? Are you on TikTok? Uh, I, I have like tried to stay away from TikTok as much as I possibly can. Sorry. But it seems like I need to be on it to promote the music. I've yeah. seen like there's like – I've looked at doing like this uh, website called Submit Hub. Hmm. And I was pushing our music to like, you know, promoters and things like that who like have Spotify playlists. They have TikTok influencers hmm. who like will play your song or do a little dance to it or something. Right. And, you know, I haven't had a lot of luck on that. I've gotten on a few playlists. But like, I, I guess I got to start messing with TikTok because if I, that's, that's where people are getting new media these days. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I was the same way, but I, I got in and now they, they got me. They fucking got their hooks in me. But it is true. Really? It is true. If you are a musician, not being on TikTok is, is, is not detrimental, but it's definitely like where you're seeing the whole meta thing meta as in like instagram and facebook they're yeah. sort of they're on their down slope right now yeah for sure and tiktok is definitely just sort of surpassed everything i heard that tiktok has more watch hours than youtube and youtube's been wow. around for like years now so, yeah, YouTube's like long form TikTok. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> so like you gotta imagine what kind of reach that is and and how how much people are uh, invested in that. I mean, like, I'll sit there for hours, bro. Like, if I have hours to spend, I will just sit there, and it just so it hits that ADHD thing. Oh my god, it's horrible! It's horrible. And That's another reason that I've not gone to like download it. Another thing is like a good thing you can do to try and not be so addicted to it is put that icon on the very, very back page of your cell phone. Put all the social media apps on the very, very back page, and maybe lock the, the folder it's in with a password. Yeah. So like you can't just like autopilot to it and be like oh you have to make a conscious decision to look at your social media like i used to be on instagram and facebook way more often than i am now yeah. and like my wife will send me a dm of some funny instagram video she sees she's like did you watch my the video i sent you i'm like no i haven't gone on instagram today <laughs> <laughs> yo no I, I i i turn off all my notifications for everything like every oh, all yeah. my notifications are turned off i i don't i've had them off for years it's, it drives me nuts it's like honestly i don't care if somebody likes my photo or right something. I, <laughs> I feel you. Oh, no. it, it's like these things that we think matter, you know, like yeah. internet points and, you know, things that you post. It's like, it's tough being a musician because it's a necessary evil these days. You have to be involved in the social media. And it's like, I just, I don't care what people think about what I'm doing with my life. I, I have a very small amount of people who follow me on my personal Instagram and stuff. It's like, I don't know, like 200 something people. And it's like, I try to keep it to people that like, I would want to talk to you. Yeah. You know, it's like, if I don't really know you very well, I'm not going to like reach out and talk to you. It's, it's, I, I just, I'm that kind of person. I just don't really care. And yeah. it's, it's tough for me to have the, the brain power that to just be like, know everybody talk to everybody and i guess that's not a good trait for somebody who's trying to like be a promoter <laughs> well yeah i mean and, and that's what's you know like tiktok is this very uh i don't know man it, it it's hitting the young people right now and what i found sort of this hack where i'm able to because i have my own music that i release under wseg yeah. and i'll use that on videos that uh that i um 
that that I take from the podcast or I put together. Yeah. And I use my own music and they pay out pretty decently on those on that app. So so like, you know, you get point zero 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 two percent or whatever of a of a penny on these streams. But after time, you know, you get you do get a payout. I've gotten payouts before from from you know through C D baby or you know in, in Yeah, you know, wherever you release it from. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so it's been I've been getting decent traction on some of these things on Instagram. Instagram pays through Facebook, they pay. So yeah. like I've been using all my own music on these posts and then they'll get like ten thousand plays and so uh, you know that's not bad. It's something it's something and so it it's not bad but i brought up tiktok because it just recently came out that the chinese are intercepting the data from oh, yeah. our from it's been, TikTok. It's been well known <laughs> right and like what's interesting you know i'm not a fan of donald trump at all but like he was trying to put sort of a stop to tiktok yeah and we weren't having it. Like, which I need my TikTok. Uh, yeah. I don't care. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan of his either. But he was one of the first people who I, I was hearing say, like, China's like, yeah, fucking with our shit. Yeah, for real. And he was <laughs> the only one who would say anything about it. And so it was. because well, probably the other politicians are like have been invested. He was invested in by the Russians, and then all the other politicians are invested in by the Chinese. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's interesting that you see how um, you know our current president. How he has family is tied into China and Ukraine, and and that's where the problems are are, are happening right now. You know, like not so yeah. much China, but even China with the was it Taiwan that they want to take? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's where all most of the, like the silicon chips are right. made in the world is in Taiwan. That's a that's an incredibly important American position. It's Taiwan. That's yeah. where we get most of the chips that make our electronics, and if. The Chinese wanted it back. I bet America says this is probably the line we draw in the sand. Yeah. And so here we are, you know, like it's just the the corruption is so rampant and and there's so many ties that I, I, you know, like, I don't know if it almost seems like a natural progression to sort of how like these big corporations become these conglomerations and and it Mm -hmm. just sort of gets swept up with politicians from all these different countries who are invested in, in these companies and everybody's sort of doing these mergers. And when you look at things like the world economic forum and you have, (laughs) you have all, it does seem like it's just sort of this natural progression for where all these sort of different countries are sort of coming together and 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 they're getting their fucking little grubby hands over on everything and it's just becoming this corporate state that's really really fucking scary and when you look at things yeah. like the the social credit system they have in China and how the World Economic Forum, uh, you watch Black Mirror? Oh fuck yeah, man! That's yeah, shit. you watch that. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about some Black Mirror shit, right? Now. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then when you see those dogs that they have that are just walking oh, yeah. around talking shit, that reminds me of Black Mirror too. You know, like oh yeah, the little spider dogs that went around murdering. I mean, it's people. only a, it's only a matter of time till like there is an organization that has those as enforcers for their shit like you can't go out and protest because there's going to be robots that will kill you (laughs) and yes it's it's scary stuff and it's like i just don't know where to go do i move to costa rica is that going to be any better (laughs) yeah yeah what 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 is the solution what what do you do i mean do you do you go up in the mountains and you just try to be as self-sustainable as possible and get some solar panels and a well (laughs) (laughs) who knows what the answer is but it's like it's quickly becoming sort of this corporatized police state where we where we're 
literally giving up our rights for these so far so oh, said conveniences what's and on the way to happening and what i see happening in the next like 50 to 100 years is i see what's happening with water in the country right now and it's kind of a brushed aside problem it should be like a national emergency if you look at the colorado river right now there's how many people live in you know the southwest in california and vegas and, and arizona who are serviced by the Colorado river it's probably like 20 or 30 maybe more 40 million people and all the farming and like you know the breadbasket of america where like all the niche foods that are in california and what's going to happen is there's going to be a scarcity of water and there's going to be corporations that start buying up the water and they're going to be militant in who they control who gets that water and it's going to be like you know mad max world where there's deserts and then there's people who have the water yeah. and it's going to be scary i mean unless like the polar ice caps melt and we start you know start, i've seen politicians legitimately suggest like melting icebergs <laughs> For water, for water usage. Well, I mean, it, it, I don't know if, you know, like you talk about like the ocean, you have these coastal cities and, you know, desalinization is, is, is something that is viable that could be, could, that, that could happen. Like but, desalinization of water, you mean? Yeah, where you take it, where because like yeah. like in San Diego, there was a desalinization plant, which I think ended up closing down because of environment. It, it's it's so expensive too. It's like, it's expensive, it's just not, but it, it doesn't deliver the amount of water you need either. Right, but it could if it was invested, if we cared yeah. and we wanted to do it. But one of the biggest problems with the plant was the environmental setbacks from environmentalists, which you know, again, I, I you know, I, I care about the earth, I care about you know mm -hmm. keeping this shit together but uh, it's like they don't they didn't want to disrupt the microorganisms and the animals in the area and it's like when yeah, is it going to come that. to this point where it's like uh where where we're going to be choosing microorganisms over you know fucking or critical humans. mass <laughs> over, yeah well, probably at the point where we've overfish the ocean and then all the plant life in the ocean dies and right. we're just like fuck it there's nothing left to save in there anymore <laughs> start drinking that shit son <laughs> i mean if you've seen like how wildly overfished the ocean i mean we're killing the planet yeah. the bottom line is that people are killing and, and we're not i i say that kind of in like i said earlier in the wrong way like we are we are just making the planet inhospitable yeah. to human life. We are not going to kill the planet. In fact, if we stopped existing for 500 years, everything else would be fine. Right. The oceans would refill with fish life and you know marine life and the forests would regrow. And there almost might be no evidence we were ever here. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, are, we are so self-important of a race yeah. of people, you know, of human beings. It's like, we're actually not that important. We're really good at just consuming and shitting and making trash. We are really good at that. We're really, we're <laughs> great at it, son. We are fucking. That's our best. That's our that's our best trait, I guess. Uh, when you when you sit here and we have these sort of like doomer conversations, yeah. and, and you're with a baby on the way. What, what I know, I'm thinking about that while I talk to you. About it. <laughs> what 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 does that evoke in you? What kind of emotion does that evoke in you? I've got. I've just got to teach this kid about the world and teach him in like a, you know, a smart way to think about it. You know, a lot of children aren't raised with the mindset of like, what's the world going to look like when you're my age? What's the world going to look like when you're you know 50? And if you teach them at a young age, like, Hey, you need to learn about conserving resources. Now you need to learn about being an advocate for environmentalism, because there's a lot of people on the planet who 
do not give a fuck about what happens to it because they're here now. And by the time these problems hit, they're going to be dead. And that's how people have lived for generations. And if you need, you need to teach the next generation to not be that way or else, I mean, things are going to get so bad. We're not going to be able to save ourselves. And I mean, it's tough because, you know, like I eat beef and I drive a, you know, gas powered car. And the problem is as an individual, you don't want to be just like one person making a change when everybody else is happy watching the world burn. So it, it takes like a lot of people making these changes. You know, we probably have to go to a, a world where we're like in COVID lockdown where people aren't driving. You can only make trips for the like, you know, the bare necessities. And we live in a much more closed off society where there's like less freedom to travel unless you absolutely had to less vacations for the sake of the planet, you know, you know, you're going to consume less if you're, you know, stationary, but you know, I'm getting on my high horse here and I don't do any of these things. So I'm not going <laughs> to feel like I'm a saint. <laughs> yeah, I threw away a fucking, a soda can earlier today. I was like, done <laughs> in the trash. <laughs> I mean, I get mad because we compost mm. on our kitchen countertop and I like just get upset every time we open that thing. I'm like, it fucking stinks. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> I know. It's like I make my wife take it out. I'm like, I hate this fucking shit. It stinks. <laughs> it's like we have like a whole colony of bacteria growing on our kitchen countertop right now. <laughs> oh yeah, though. No. It, it, it it's hard. It's hard to do your part. It's hard to do your part. I, I missed this question earlier. Um, Morgana wants to know uh, what part of Pennsylvania you were from. I was born in Phoenixville, and then I lived in Hershey, Hershey, PA, Chocolate Town, USA. Hey, Hershey Town, <laughs> let's go. They got like a, a a theme park there, don't they? Oh yeah, Hershey Park. Hershey oh park. yeah, I've been there many times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, Super duper looper. That was my favorite ride. <laughs> <laughs> we we got a place called Cedar Point that's near us. That, oh yeah, uh, I'm familiar. Oh, yeah. I haven't been there, but I mean, like I was like a, as a kid, I was a, ro- a roller coaster aficionado. I play a lot of roller coaster tycoon. Mm, yeah. Waynesboro and Chambersburg area. That's where you're. She's, uh, she's, she's west of the uh, Susquehanna. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but I, I, I love it. Actually, Pennsylvania is actually a really beautiful state. And there, and that's like the sort of the beginning of the uh, of the um, of the Appalachia. So it's like. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like the very top of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's some really cool hiking down up there you can do. Uh, and Pittsburgh has been one of the cities that sort of come up in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, I've heard good things about Pittsburgh. I mean, living in Pennsylvania, I was like an East Pennsylvania person, mm-hmm. like, you know, living outside of Philly and then, uh, you know, living in Hershey. I never really went to Western PA very much. Mm-hmm. We went to uh, that Frank Lloyd Wright house, uh, Falling Water, one time. And I was like the furthest west I'd ever been in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Until yeah. we moved to Colorado, which was really west. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, Colorado is beautiful, man. I love that place. What, what part of Colorado yeah. did you move? Colorado Springs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it, it's such a gorgeous place. It, it's weird how Colorado works. Cause it's like, as soon as you climb out of the Rockies, that's just like, boom, it's just flat for miles. And oh miles. yeah. <laughs> so like, you land, if you land on the airport in Denver, it's like where Denver, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. It's like, you, can, you can't even see the mountains from the airport. And then you're like, you look out, you're like, Oh, I get it. The front range is like that. You know, it's just like flat. And then all of a sudden, boom, mountains. Yeah, it, it, it's really weird. I, I drive the last of my shit from San Diego a couple years ago. I had to drive the last of my shit back because my yeah. 
my uh what was it the it's a hell of a drive man that's a hell of a drive and i had to get home to play gigs so i was like man we're broke and i had to like drive and i had to make it so i drove in the town from just driving days and days and days and then fucking went straight to the gig and oh my god i was like how was that (laughs) i probably like i would have been dead well i i mean surprisingly it wasn't bad but like the the room was dead it was a Friday night at a pretty popular club, but the room was dead. So it was like, and it was a cover band and I'm just like, let's oh, just yeah, get through chilling. these fucking <laughs> songs over with. <laughs> like, Oh, I know that feeling, dude. It's like, it, you don't, like you, you played a gig where you have to piss really bad. Sometimes it's like your brain has to piss and you're like, I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> Check it out, son. I'm checking out. You know, it it was it was fun though because like you know it's nice to be I was surrounded by friends and we and we could play yeah. you know and it was like fun to play with them and so it, it was fine yeah, but it's a good it, but it still it was like it was like uh you know oh, fuck it, especially when there's no energy to bounce off of it's like playing into the void and you're just puking all this energy yeah. out to nobody sometimes I just close my eyes when I'm playing sometimes and I'll just like check out i'll play the songs the notes are hitting but i'm like i'm not there right now yeah hey (laughs) whatever gets it through the gig man and you know like obviously you're good enough to where you can sort of check out like that and and stay in the groove and and keep it moving but man it it is tough man it is it is a rough gig when it's like there's nothing going on and and people don't care anymore man like Mm -hmm. back when music like live music was a thing it was like you went out to see a band like that was your entertainment for tonight and now people are like more entertained by flipping through their Instagram feed and live music is just like a thing that's happening around them. And mm-hmm. it's like the, the burden of choice, you know, so you can like go do another club where your friend is and take a picture for your TikTok feed or whatever and do a little dance. And nobody cares if the band's playing. They don't even care what song you're playing unless they recognize it. People like what they know. They don't know what they like. So if they hear some song from the 90s, they're like, woo, third eye blind. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and then they'll, they'll dance to your one song and then they're out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when you try to sneak an original in, they're just like, what is this? More They're like this is this is when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> For real, it's like I'm gonna go to the club and dance the fucking. I don't even know what they dance to anymore. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Doja <laughs> Cat. I think Doja Cat. They dance to. That's something that oh, they yeah. do. Doja Cat's popular. I saw she was having some drama with uh, one of the Stranger Things boys. That's just hilarious. That <laughs> they. Uh, yeah, she was. Um, she was trying to get up in the DMs of 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 Eddie Munster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you watch Stranger Things? No, I, I watched the first couple of seasons. My wife is up all up to date right now, uh, but I, I haven't been able to get in. I, I I don't really watch a whole lot. Too. We've actually been rewatching Game of Thrones lately. Oh, <laughs> well, well, that leads to a disappointment. But hey, you know whatever. Well, you know, I'm, I'm I agree that the last season was disappointing. But I'm wondering now that I'm watching it from the beginning to end again. If I'm going to feel differently about it hmm. like, than I did in the moment where you're like, you're waiting, waiting, waiting right. for this final season to come out. And we watch it and we're like, this shit sucks. But like, maybe <laughs> if you watch it in succession and you see all the like storylines they try to tie into it, maybe I won't feel the same way. But they left so many storylines that never went anywhere. That kind of pissed me off. <laughs> Yeah, well, they 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 literally phoned in the last season, but there was some really there was some really great moments in that last season, you know. But it, I felt like a lot of it was just sort of rushed through, and and like oh yeah, I, I it lo- was like they tried to like knit together a sweater with like 
5,000 balls of yarn. <laughs> and then like they couldn't use all the yarn. <laughs> well, Morgana, that makes, that's what makes you a good, uh, a good audience member. Morgana says, I am, a, I am weird. I'm the weird one that only knows the band's original and most of the covers, I have no clue who sings them. And well, that, she's a fan. Yeah, that's exactly. Fan. Exactly. Someone who cares about music. That's what's interesting about Twitch as well. The dying breed. <laughs> yeah, it really is. What's cool about Twitch is that you really do find like people who really do appreciate the original music and, and there's a whole music scene. Are, are you familiar with Twitch at all? Besides it being a gaming yeah, platform, not, I I know about like what it's all about. I'm not much of a gamer, but I've got plenty of friends who are huge gamers have their own Twitch streams, and mm. things like that. So yeah, the, it, it it's it there's a there's a big music community on it as well. It's uh interesting. It's, it's pretty cool. It, it's just you know it's live streaming, but uh it, it's still like this um. I don't know. It, it like during the pandemic, it was a really it was a safe haven. It was a refuge for me and my wife when all of our gigs were you know canceled and everything went to shit. But it was definitely, but it's definitely a, a really rocking little music scene on here that spills into the real world. And uh, like, there's some really good musicians on here or who do like. They'll link up with other uh, streamers like in LA and in Atlanta and stuff, and they'll put on live shows and they'll stream the show and people come out. So it really is a really cool way to sort of garner like really true fans. And the people who are on here really want to hear music. Uh, so yeah, I, I actually had somebody on from Austin a couple weeks ago. I can't remember his fucking name. That's how fucking great I am at this. Yeah. <laughs> Can't plug your guests after they've been on. Phil Phil Luna, <laughs> that's his name. His name is Phil Luna. Okay. He's I'm not a, familiar with him. He's a guitarist and a singer songwriter, and he he plays cool. out. He does. I think he does mostly the cover circuit. So, but gotcha. um, uh, is that what you guys do too? You guys play covers and stuff as well, right? You guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have our original music, and we like our EP release. We did like uh, last Saturday, a little over a week ago. We did. 90% covers at that show and I got a lot of good feedback from that but yeah we've got a whole like bank of covers like 50 of them so if we want to go play a three hour gig and just try and make some money play you know a private event we can do that too I mean you got to be able to make your coin somehow on like original gigs unless you've got a huge following you're not going to be able to make enough money to make it worth your while and it keeps musicians interested to do those gigs you know I can pay them a couple couple nice private gigs and I'll be like all right hey play this you know original gig for free for me mm. Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps to have money involved. <laughs> How do you? Oh make, yeah, it's done. What? So, so do you do all the management? Do you do all the? the I mean, you write and you 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 know arrange. Yeah, horn. I do everything. So you do everything. I, do, I, I manage the band. I book all the shows. Handle the money. I mean, it's it's just like my business, basically. Mm. I'm the owner and the, the operator and everything. And I just basically got a bunch of you know contractors who work for me. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, and. You know, it's, it's tough because, like, I've got people who are more invested than others, you know, like uh, the singer, she's more invested in it than, you know, say the trumpet player, you know, because it's, it's her product, too, you know, it's her voice, and it's more personal than, you know, your instrument, I think, your voice, so, you know, but it, it's, it's tough because it's not as much of a, like, group effort as I wish it could be, it's just tough because it's so many people, and I've had a hard time getting people to stick around at certain positions long-term. Like aside from Omar, the drummer and uh, Annalise has been in the band since 2016. So she's been in it for a minute and 
you know, I've got like a bass player who I've worked with since 2017. He's Argentinian. He's hilarious. His accent corrects me every time he talks. But uh, he, he, he plays in a cover band. That's his main source of income. And so a lot of times he's not available for our gigs. Like I'll book a Saturday night somewhere. He's like, no, man, I got to play at this other place. And <laughs> so so he, uh, you know, I got to get a backup bass player. And I've got a guy I'm training up right now. And it's the same thing with like horn players. They play in cover bands and, you know, keyboard players. Keyboard players are just like horn players. They just go where the wind blows them. They take the best paid gig most of the time. So, I mean, that's just musicians. Guilty. Yeah. 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 yeah so that's, that's what I deal with. You know, it's like it's just being a band leader. And every band leader's got the same you know story to tell if you've ever led a band you've had guys who are like i don't want to play that gig tonight you know I, I, do we have to play this gig it's like the night of the show you're like i booked it to play it yeah. <laughs> yes you asshole I, please I, show I, I up book it to maybe play it right <laughs> no th- that is tough man me and me and my wife we we ran a band for a few years out in san diego and we even tried to put one together here but it's like we've always come back to just acoustic duo because it's just, you know, we can you make and, more money doing it. <laughs> we make more money. All how all the money's in house and it's like, yeah. and, and where I'm at in, you know, geographically people, it's more tailored to a, a singer songwriter yeah. acoustic setup. Um, just because, you know, bands, you got to pay them more and, and there's places to you gotta play and, anywhere. You can yeah. play anywhere. You can yeah. just bring a PA speaker and your instruments and you're ready to go. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it, it works for us, but ever since the pandemic, we've been really choosy with what we do. And, um, yeah, for sure. So we'll play, we're more likely to play like a retirement center than like a bar because, uh, again, like you, like you were saying, you know, you play a bar any night of the week, and and people are, you know, they're they're there, they're just drinking, or you know, like who you don't know who you're gonna get. Are you getting a music fan? Are you getting people who are so yeah. drunk they're gonna try to like come and try to touch tourists. You stuff? Yeah, tourists, tourists, exactly. You're getting tourists who might blow through, and they're like, "We're from Ohio." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real though, and, and yeah, that that was the thing in in San Diego too. Is like you're mostly yeah. playing for tourists it, it was a destination yeah. so there's people, a whole cover scene here for tourists i mean if yeah. you want to go play downtown and play in the touristy areas that's a whole business yeah. it's a whole business here and i played with bands that do that and it's just i did it a lot for just making a hundred bucks or you know just making some quick cash just to play an easy gig a bunch of covers i already know and it's it's just like a, like a hustle and it's not my hustle anymore you know if i don't have to make that money i'm not going to go play on sixth street where people are getting shot every weekend <laughs> but you know having being a being a new dad i mean that you have to you start thinking about those things like i was touring and stuff as a new father and you know every time i go out now and and i still will will fly out for tours out west and uh, uh, you know each time i'm just like well i hope i don't die my son grows up fatherless you know i hope you have life insurance (laughs) which i don't because i'm a fucking poor ass musician but um hey, they say those commercials you can do it for a dollar a day <laughs> come on man <laughs> no i ended up having to get a a, a a day job after seven years of being my own boss so you said you worked at a retirement home yeah i worked in the kitchen and so it, it's it's okay. it, it's not a bad it's not a bad gig it, I'm, i live right across the street from it so i, I walk to work oh, that's and, nice. and it's part-time and stuff so like i'm still you know like a lot a big part of my time is the podcast and music and stuff but yeah, it's, yeah. It's still cool. i 
needed something that you know and, and i'm getting old man i'm almost 40 i'm like i'm yeah. i don't want to haul my equipment out and at two you know Dude, I feel that. three I in the feel morning that. and do you have a, a dolly do you have a, a little collapsible dolly for your equipment bro i got my shit down to where my keyboard goes on my back my fucking okay. my i have a little amp and then I have my yeah. my keyboard stand, and that's it. So I just walk all in. So with you're my all, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't I, fuck I around. When I, play, when I play bass, I have my bass, the amp, and that's it. Yeah, I have all my cables in my bass case, yeah. and like I love playing bass gigs because it's like I can just show up and play, and I can walk. I have one trip to the car. When I play like gigs with Steady Legend, I have so much more gear. I have like my pedal board, my amp, and I bring a mic stand because I have a little like a vocal effect thing that I use, and that's on the stand. And like, so I bring the merch. It's like I, it's yeah. a lot more stuff to bring, and it's like uh, I gotta find like the best place. I'm like more shit than the drummer has. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man! I used to be I used to be that keyboard player who would show. I was in a hip hop band out in San Diego, and I would be setting up my shit, and the drummer would be goddamn done. Every Everybody's waiting for me. Yeah. I'm just like, God. did you have like a double decker? Stand yeah, of course I did. I had an iPad with a fucking MIDI yeah. thing. I'm just like, come on, man. So no, I, I got over that real quick once I started really working in the scene. Oh, it's, it's a sage, like mature musician move when you see someone show up with like a little bit of gear and they still <laughs> rock their shit. You're yeah. just like. What the hell am I doing showing up with all this shit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, remember when, like, half stacks were cool and you would fucking people be lugging their Marshalls? I never thought they were cool. <laughs> I never thought half stacks were cool. I had a friend who had, like, a Marshall stack. I'm like, you're a douche. Yeah, that's like, the douchiest <laughs> thing ever. It's like, you, wait till you have to carry that thing up a flight of stairs and, like... So can you help me carry this? Thing? I remember playing a gig. I don't remember where the fuck this was, but I played a gig on, like, a second floor of some warehouse. And we, you know, going up the outside you know, fire escape type stairs, the metal stairs. I'm helping him carry in his Marshall stack. I'm just giving him shit the whole time. Like, you need to get a smaller fucking amp, you douche. For real, though. <laughs> like, and th that's what's great about technology now is that you can get these little, like, these little combos. Most touring bands nowadays don't even tour with amps. They tour with those amp modeling things, yeah. and they just go through the mains. That's yeah. it. They have in-ear monitors, and they go through the mains. Yeah, and that that makes sense. Like, why wouldn't you do that? You only you don't need a trailer. You just tour on a tour bus. You got your guitar and your yeah. stuff, and that's it. Yeah, man, that that's the that's the way to go. Like, I I can't I can't deal with just heavy shit all the time, and that's what that's what sucks when we're doing these like even acoustic gigs. It's like, do we need a PA? Damn, damn we need to take <laughs> one speaker and and our little mixer. <laughs> damn it! Oh, oh my god. I'll PA speaker. Oh <laughs> yeah, my god! Fuck it. I, Ima imagine what like things used to be like in like the sixties or seventies uh, when there like wasn't really like any on stage amplification. It no. was just like turn your amp up to ten. Right, <laughs> right. Just blast it and let's go. Oh jeez. That's where those came from. I mean, that's where that like the stack and everything right. came from. Was like the days where like there wasn't any reamplification. It was just go. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> your right. thing is the is the sound for this the show tonight. But I don't know. I haven't seen anyone roll up to a show with a Marshall stack, and I think if I did, I'd tell them what an asshole they are. Right? Like who? The oh, do, you, do you follow Riggs of Dad on Instagram? I don't. I don't. But I want Dude, to go. Go. Go follow Riggs of Dad. I'm about to. You will love it. You will love it. Riggs of Dad. This is gonna be great. Hold on. Let's. Oh my god. You're gonna love it. It's it's like if you've been a musician for any given amount of time, it's gonna be right up your alley. <laughs> Come on, fucker. What, what's going on here? Rigs of Dad. 
Oh, here it is. It pops right up. Boom. And I'm following and we're gonna we're gonna look at it because we got we, we can <laughs> take no prisoners. Look at this guy. The cap the, the captions are really where it's at, man. I know it's late, but this is They're just like, keeping me up. <laughs> uh the happy birthday to all the dads out there. No, it's like it's like a you know a parody thing where it's like they make up stories about the pictures that they're posting. <laughs> they told us our gods would outlive us, but they lied. Nick Cage. <laughs> oh shit! Fuck everything, yo. Be, there's so many of these bands around here. Like, there's just so many Dude, dad gigs. Is, that's why I thought you'd love it. I'm like, these are like Ohio dad bands. For real, Chuck Norris. Oh shit, we got Chucky. Oh, uh, do you guys uh, have you guys done any kind of touring at all as a as a steady legend? It's tough for a large band. You, you know how like it would be oh, yeah. traveling, but we've been, we've been around Texas. We played pretty much everywhere around Texas, but we we haven't hit the road outside of the state and i just don't know if there's a demand for it you know mm. we've, we've been hit up by a couple of record labels since we released this ep and they're like we can help you with booking i'm like is there a demand for it right. are we gonna are we just gonna pay you to book us and not make any money <laughs> right right that that's a it's a bad it's a bad uh business model it really the music is- industry is full of scams man I mean, all these people who email you and they're like oh we're gonna promote your shit it's like yeah. well no, I don't want you to pay you to do nothing. Right. No, exactly, man. It, it, it's uh, it's such a hard business to be in, man. Like, it, I mean, just as especially as time goes on, as as you know, music becomes more accessible to more people, as technology becomes more accessible to more people. How more- much more accessible could it be? And so yeah. I, I like was actually talking to somebody the other day. I'm like, we're at the limit. I feel like of like what technology can do for communication. And like, we're already having a video chat that's, you know, no latency. It's a real time video chat. What, what, how can we make this better without going to like virtual reality or the metaverse? (laughs) And it's like every piece of media that's ever been created is pretty much available to you on demand at any moment. Like how much better can things possibly be in terms of availability? And if that's like I was saying earlier, the burden of choice, it's like, there's too much. Yeah. It's like back in the day, you had to buy an album and you had to like that band and you listened to that album into the ground. You yeah, listened yeah. to every song on that record and you learned every part of it. You heard the little secret triangle hit that's at the very end of whatever song on track six. Yeah, and man. now it's like, you're lucky if someone listens to your song for 10 seconds. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's it's definitely that that choice. I mean, like I've been talking this for a long time, but like you know, I'll hear about a new band and fucking be like really into them, and then like you know, a month later, I've I've forgotten about that band, and then all of a sudden, I'll see some. Yeah. Maybe they release something new. I'll be oh my god, I forgot about that band. You know, like it's just yeah. Spotify and Tidal and Google Play. All these. I try things. to put playlists together so i remember things like if i go find a new band i like to tune off their record i'll go put like a playlist together and i might like put like a couple bands that i listened to at that time in my life and i'll like kind of save them as like little landmarks of time yeah and then i'll go back and listen to them that that's that's actually a really good idea and you put you put it in your computer to see the extra cd-rom perks yeah i remember that oh yeah i remember they had like the enhanced cd yeah man 
uh, Incubus, they had a, I think Science had like a game you could play on that. That was album. a dope album too. I love that album. Love that album. It's so good, man. I I just was talking to somebody who was the guitar te- or the 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 bass teacher to the bass player, and oh, really? uh, yeah, and he was, you know, that was his claim to fame, I guess. Not really. He <laughs> he he was actually really Brandon Boyd for life. Yeah, hey, he's, he's a sexy motherfucker. Um, no, but he he's he he's like a Los Angeles staple. And he plays he's played on like with Motown and Capitol Records and stuff. He's yeah. But he's one of those like background players. Who, I love talking to the background players. That's that's my oh. I mean, you shit. realize that like if you look at like Nashville or like LA session players, a lot of those guys are the same guys who play on tons of the records. Yeah. It's you, you really once you reach that like top of the top. Some like if you like look at uh, Toto for example, Toto has played on so many people's records if you go look at like their backing band i mean they were like steely dan they play with mike jackson wow. and, you know it's like it, and you should go look up their band see how many like records those guys played on like uh billy jean was actually that riff was written by like the toto guitar player what the fuck toto yeah. backing band that that's crazy i didn't even i didn't even know that that's that's those, those guys are some of the best session musicians of all time Oh, Thriller, they played it on the Thriller, Human Nature. Yeah. Wow, man. The talent. That is fucking incredible. I had no idea. And, and I mean, and I like Toto, man. Who doesn't like Africa? That, that's oh, I, like, I mean, Toto, if you go listen to some of their other records, it's like they had like video game rock, like more like Rush for some of their <laughs> other records. That's tight, man. No, they, they're definitely, they definitely had their own little thing going on, but what the fuck, dude? I had no idea that they were like, they were doing it like that. And so they're, oh, yeah, they're for real. Uh, well, we're, we're, we're hitting on our two hour mark. So we're starting to, we're starting to, you know, wind down here. Uh, you, you have, uh, you have the new album out. Everybody should definitely go and check out the, the new, uh, or the new EP, I should say, uh, which is, uh, Hey, a legend, which you guys can definitely get down with. Uh, I put a link in the, in the, in the, say, in the Hey, channel. by steady legend, not say. Hey legend. <laughs> okay thank you i'm i'm glad that you fucking correct me and it's right fucking there and i just i was trying to do too many things at once and it just oh, hey yeah, legends yeah. well we're on all of these streaming platforms yeah so go ahead in the chat i i put in uh the link so make sure you go and click on those motherfuckers and then if you're listening on the audio side make sure you're in the show notes y'all it's in there i got links to their uh to their album and to their website and then of course from there you can go and find them on all the social media platforms make sure you're giving them a follow make sure you're giving them a listen run those numbers up you crazy motherfuckers because uh these guys are badass should we should we uh, end with a song should we end with a song yeah. okay let's do that uh let's just um let's just go over here where i thought i had you pulled up okay well then i'll just use this song whip and go right there but you you like say hey you like the album track yeah dad let's listen to all say right, hey later. Let's go. Okay. Like I said, like I said, should I do like a director's cut and talk you through the song, or you just want to listen to it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could you could talk afterwards, but I, I definitely want to right. clean things, especially for the audio yeah, yeah, for, for, for the thing. So here, we'll, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna. I'll listen. mute my mic. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Me too. We're gonna listen to "Say Hey" from Steady Legend. This is off. Uh, uh, this is off the name. That it's it's named. Is it self-titled? No, that's not self-titled. 
The, the fucking name of the EP is called Say Hey, and this is the song. This is Mighty, the title track. Title track, thank you. Mighty, Mighty, how dare you? Okay, well, we got to give Mighty, Mighty some love before. Thank you for that gifted sub. And then we're going to listen to to, to, to to Say Hey and after we do this. So here you go, Mighty, Mighty. Thank you so much. Hello, Mighty, Mighty. This is Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I want to give you a huge thank you, a big old splits, and the... As a thank you for all that you do for this channel. All right, thank you, mighty mighty, for that uh, for for that gifted sub. And here you go, everybody. This is say hey uh, from Ste Steady Legend.
Crash. Hey, oh, 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 we're going straight to the next song. Yeah, we'll just turn it down. Oh, okay. Dude, such a smashing song, man. Uh, that, that It's so good. You said you had some directors that cut. Oh, thank you, Mighty Mighty, for those claps. Appreciate that. Uh, you said there was a director's uh, notes oh, that it, you wanted to add. I was going to tell you, how about, how about what a Frankenstein song that is? It's like we recorded that song back in 2016, and the horns and the bass are from that session. And then the drums and the vocals and the guitar and the keys. I Actually, I think that only half of the keys are from the 2019 session when we actually recorded that like because it was done two different sessions so like the horn section we had in that 2016 session was banging and i had already mixed that horn together so that's like the i bounced the horn straight out as a mixed section kind of like as a sample and i just put it in the next session and the bass track i really love the bass part that our old bass player did so that's the only time only track on the ep where he plays bass our old bass player dan he's the guy from San Diego. I thought maybe you guys had crossed paths at some point. If you were in the reggae scene in San Diego. What, what's but his name though? Dan what? Dan Mil- Dan Milliken. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just. I'm bad with um, names as well. Yeah. So. I, I, just, I just when I listen to that, I probably hear like you know so many different layers than anybody else ever hears because I've heard that song a thousand times and I put it together and I know all the little nooks and crannies of that song so you know director's cuts kind of funny when you do things like that yeah no that that's interesting why so you had to split up the recording was was it just you guys was it the pandemic what what made you have to split that up when we recorded it in 2016 we saw our old singer Mm. and some of the stuff we did in the studio we recorded it in the first time was at a really nice studio so like it was done really high quality and the guys we had especially the trumpet player on that recording was like they were really good players so it was just like why have to go back and retrack it when you've got like this recording already so we just clicked it out to the Mm -hmm. same tempo and that was done intentionally to reuse some of the tracks and the keys on that the organ i think i reused was on like a really badass b3 in the studio and had like a vintage Leslie cab. And I'm like, I'm just not going to be able to replicate that right. again. So I might as well just use that again. And the oh, keys yeah. player we had was good. So I was like, you know, you bastardize and Frankenstein together a song. But I mean, you're really just utilizing the parts that you have. And I, I, I saved all of my old sessions for like the past like 10, 12 years. And then my hard drive died in 2020. So I lost everything and i i still have that hard drive and i've been like what if i take it to a clean room and get it like you know recovered and it's like it's three grand oh it's three thousand <laughs> jesus holy shark that's that's because ridiculous. it's damaged like it, oh. it was, it was, i think it because it fell over on my desk and it was still running oh. and so i was like and now i've tried to like get into a clean room they're like it's like we have to like painstake and you might not get everything back and the thing is it's like pro tool sessions and stuff and they're yeah. like real specific places with files in specific places and if i try and open up that session it's like missing half of it it's like <laughs> what's the point oh, i feel that man i, I did the same shit I, I but I mean it, it, I didn't have you know all those sessions out there but I had some songs on there and and I dropped my hard drive uh, and it just it, it just never came back to life and I was just it's so back sad. up your backups dude back up yeah. to a physical drive and then back your physical drive up to a cloud drive yeah man that that's that's the key it's like you got to back all your shit up my my one when I was learning when I was learning um 
sound engineering in college, the my my the, my teacher or my professor would be like, dude, three times, like, and we were using CD ROMs and shit. So it was like, yeah. back it up on the CD, back it up on a, on a. Did we have? Yeah, we had thumb drives and shit. Back it up, you yeah. know, like three different CDs if you have to, but always have three different copies. And I, yeah, that's the rule. That's the rule. Yeah. And I've never lived by that till Me now. Neither. I've got two hard drives and. A I back up everything in Google Drive. I pay for like the, the terabyte of Google space. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You, I mean, why not? Fuck it, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I did that cloud space. They're just charging for everything. Man, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had such a great time chatting with you. And thank you for sitting through it. And, uh, you know, yeah, Mike, thanks for having me. Thanks yeah. for uh, having me on. This was a good time. I wish that more of the band could have made it. The uh, singer wanted to make it. She said that, you know, people got work at these hours and I was able to, you know, work from home and slip away. I was actually kind of doing a little bit of work while we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, shit, I'm glad you were able to the multitask and get some shit done. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. I, I had a great time chatting. And uh, again, everybody make sure you go and and check out say hey by steady legend and again i'm going to drop those in the chat again just so y'all have your access and if you're listening on audio make sure you're in the show notes everybody put your hands together for michael uh mccusio mancuso mancuso i love it you're from ohio you gotta know some italians i I know some i know some i have a good friend who is a pretty pretty whoppy he's pretty whoppy but uh (laughs) he's uh you know but uh man I, i appreciate it Thank you so much, Michael, for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and you, you know, sharing your truth with us. Uh, Of course, go find Michael's band Steady Legend at SteadyLegend.com. You can find their new EP on the website and all the streaming services. It's called Say Hey. It's a fantastic EP. Go check it out. It's funky, soulful, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, go, go get some. Go get some Steady Legend in your life. All right, guys, I am going to cut out here. I, I, I got things to do. I got places to go. I got people to see. Uh, of course, again, go check out WeSpeakEnglishGood.com. I'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on. Make sure you're following us on all the social medias. The links are in the show notes. And uh, make sure you're giving us reviews, man, or writing the show. All that stuff matters to me. I I absolutely love hearing from you guys. I love when you guys are uh, active in the community. So, uh, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your weekend. I hope everything comes true. I hope you get your pee-pee wet or your your vajiji wet or whatever you need to get wet. I I hope you come hard and come often. All right, gang. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. I love you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.